0: There's no place like Marvel noise. David A. Price presents...
1: Welcome to Marvel Noise. I am your host, David... Wait. Sorry. I am the original host, David A. Price. I am uh, here for episode 400 to kick off this 15th anniversary episode. Uh, Steve, Andrew, and Kevin will be along in a bit. I just wanted to say hi. See how everybody's doing. Um, Miss you all. Hope... uh, Well, hell, I mean, since... Unless chatted with y'all, we've had a slew of movies, courtesy of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, which is kind of where I've been living. I haven't been reading a whole lot of Marvel lately. Um Sadly I've been mean, going back once once Dan Slot actually even before Dan Slot left Amazing Spider Man, uh, with Peter Parker as a captain of industry, it kinda of wasn't really my scene. So I even stopped missing Spider-Man at the time, and I definitely didn't go back when uh, Nick Spencer started. But um, the things I have been reading, uh, I have been seriously enjoying. Miles Morales is absolutely my favorite characters. And uh, recently, if you listen to 11 O'Clock Comics plug, you don't have to, but I did uh, speak on the little, small, the graphic novel trades that um, Marvel produces. Uh They've done one for Miles. i have done one with Spider Gwen, uh, Champions, uh, Iron Heart, and I've been grabbing them uh, whenever they come out. And I recently read through uh, all of the Miles Morales Spider-Man uh, collections, going back to his appearances in uh, the Ultimate Line and um, and up to uh, post Secret Wars, where he was folded into the new Six One Six. But, uh, even the current run, um, the run that we, uh, that, that we had by, uh, Saladin was, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Kelly Thompson's, uh, Captain Marvel is enjoyable. The, uh, this Marvel stuff has been fun. But the, uh, the live action is, is kind of where I've been living. And what's great is that, uh, my wife can enjoy it as well. And, and we, we will go to the movies with our neighbors, do a little double date. We saw, um, Spider-Man. Uh, i way way home uh, last year, and uh, every release since then, um, Doctor Strange, and Thor of the Thunder, and, and we've just been having a blast making a, uh, an evening out of it, but uh, the next one will, of course, be Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which I am extremely, I'm uh, just going to say extremely excited for, but it is going to be bittersweet. Um, I... The original movie, the first movie, Black Panther, really hit me hard, being able to see that come to life and, um, and the representation there. And, and just, uh, and of course, knowing what, what Chadwick, uh, went through and, and was longer with us, it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching. Nevertheless, um, the legacy lives on, the universe lives on. Um, yeah, I have just been really, uh, enjoying the time I have with really kind of just doing one podcast uh, with, of course, Vincent Jason, uh, where you will hear Marvel talk from time to time, especially the X stuff. Because that I can also attest to I uh, came back to the X Men with Hickman and had an absolute lovely time with that. I'm a little behind. I'm a little behind on a few things. There's there's um, there's very little that that really um, I have to read as soon as it comes in. I'm kind of making my way through everything in my room. Uh, so a lot of collections, a lot of things that I've been picking up over the years, but I've also built up over the years because whenever I get my order, um, obviously I didn't read everything from the month before. So things just start to pile up. I have the Jason Aaron complete Thor trays. I think there's like four or five of those that, uh, that are waiting to be read. And I, I read a lot of that when it was coming out. Um, so it will be nice to revisit that. And then as I continue to uh, the rest, of his run, I am not reading his Avengers stuff because I have not heard many good things about that. But um, it's just it's, it's it it happens. There are times where you kind of just um, kick back and let other people enjoy what's out there. I have absolutely no problem doing that. Uh, if um, just because I may not be grooving to what um, Dan Slott is doing with the Fantastic Four it doesn't mean someone else isn't. And and that's what's great. It doesn't matter what brought you here, just as long as you're here. Um Ben Riley may be your Spider Man, Scarlet Spider may be your Spider Man, and that's absolutely fine. Absolutely no gatekeeping here. And and uh as long as you are a Spider Man fan, that's all that matters. Even if you're does matter what version of Hulk you're down with. The uh the Alley Week stuff was amazing and, and yeah, there was some controversy there regarding the artist and uh, as, as, as the run was wrapping up. But, I mean, everything going through that was just was just amazing. It, it, I mean, not in tone, of course, it didn't remind me of the Peter David stuff, but just the fact that uh, he was taking things that happened in the past and manipulating it and, and, and telling a, a, a modern story with, uh, without disregarding really what happened in in the Hulk's past. It's just I, I, I love it when, uh, when they can play around and do things like that. I've just been really happy Overall, with the media the industry, I was at New York Comic Con this past weekend, and she seems super healthy. Uh, yeah, depending on what you're into, um, things may not be all roses. Um, and and of course, you have people who are just trying to um, stifle our enjoyment, take things away, but uh, that really aren't affecting anybody that don't need to be taken away. So, just enjoy what you enjoy, love what you love, and and, and really that's, that's all I can stress to you. It's a great time to be a comic book fan. Um, regardless of what brought you here, you are here and welcome, and we are so glad that you're here to listen to us. Um, I am going to wrap this up before I ramble on too long. I, I, I could give a review of pretty much um, the movies, but that could, of course, It'd be boring. Did watch the Werewolf by Night special. That was uh I I enjoyed it. I thought man thing looked absolutely amazing in black and white. Um little little polished on for my taste when 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 it came to the coloring of, of uh towards the end of the the end of the special. But um I really, really enjoyed the special overall. A little light on the story. I would have liked to see some things fleshed out. But as far as um Introducing a couple of characters, it wasn't it wasn't bad at all. I like to see where we go with Elsa. I'd uh, of course look forward to seeing more of uh, of Jack and Ted, maybe. And I get that this may not be the version of Man Thing you're used to in the comics. Um, a very dear friend of mine absolutely hates the special, and that's fine. Um, it, this is made for a different audience. Would I love for him to love it? Absolutely. Uh, my little crush that he doesn't find anything remotely appealing in it? Yeah, but... Listen, I was the same way about a certain movie from the Distinguished Competition. Um, one of my all-time favorite characters, and the movie was absolutely atrocious. And um, But, enough about that. I'm not leaving this on a down note. Uh, we have... The whole new phase coming our way. It's going to be. I we've got Fantastic Four. We've got we've got some Avengers movies. We've got Blade. We've got. I, there's just the, the the next Guardians of the Galaxy Alien three, which I Guardians one is absolutely one of my top five Marvel movies. Uh, Ragnarok is in there as well. Uh, Civil War is in the top five. straight There's just I can rank them not going to, because I don't have that list ready, and uh, you have enough to listen to. Um, so I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Again, I just want to thank Steve and the gang for letting me chime in here and, and say hello. And I'm so glad the show continues. Uh, love you all. Keep listening. Keep reading. And, um, hell,
2: make mine marvel. Oh, boy, hold on to your seats. This is going to be a good one.
3: So here we are, guys. Episode four hundred.
4: Oh, well, is this the one where we get to annex uh, indie comic with noise? <laughs>
3: Just absorb it under our umbrella. Yeah. You know
4: how I we got a lot of
0: a lot of number four hundreds in the indie world, right? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Did C- I can think of one, two. Did Cerebus make it that far? No, three hundred. But that oh. was the goal, though. So,
0: are we gonna are we gonna count like the new Seraphises
3: and <laughs> do some Marvel numbering oh. to make it? <laughs> no, as you'll see, we we don't accept legacy numbering. It's it's got to be the title that makes it to the issue number, the milestone number, and we've been doing this since episode 100, and you know how it goes. It's episode 400 now, so we're gonna do every Marvel issue 400. And the list is down to seven now. Uh, Gone are the days of the Two Gun Kid and Sergeant Fury and Millie the Model and stuff that we were surprised were in those first few lists.
5: I enjoyed those
3: Millie the Models too, by the way.
5: I wish that made it to (laughs) four (laughs) hundred.
3: And there's only one off the list since we did the three fifties, and that's Daredevil. Didn't make the cut, Daredevil. So let's jump right in. In the spring of 1989, Thor hit number 400, of course, benefiting from the journey into mystery numbering. And this issue was written by Tom DeFalco, with art by Ron
4: Friends and Joe Sinnott. That's not a fancy cover, though. <laughs> not really. I mean, it's just, it's just kind of regular. I mean, we'll get into some fancy covers later.
0: I don't know. I thought this was cool to do a total homage throwback because this is supposed to be evocative of that Journey into Mystery cover, I assume. Yeah. Right? That's right. what we're supposed to take. And the whole... I only say that because the, the interiors are very like, we're going to Kirby Lee this thing like it's the old days. Well, that's yeah. what
3: the Falcon and Friends' Thor jam was, right? To go back to that quasi... Kirby-esque Thor visual storytelling, Walter Simonson ended his massive and memorable Thor run with with issue 382. So uh, DeFalco and friends took over that and rather than try to, you know, keep Frank Miller's Daredevil going for another 100 issues after Miller's long and gone, they decided to just go right back to the old formula. And honestly, it was... Not that there was anything wrong with Waltz Run because I love it dearly, but it was definitely a breath of fresh air that here's some new storytelling that quite honestly was really age appropriate. Like it would, I mean, all ages appropriate. It really was a book that turned into a monthly villain. There were, you know, ongoing threads and stuff, but uh, it was
4: simplified, although it kept its Asgardian grandeur. It's wild that they run this title into the 90s.
3: This issue was the finale of the War of the Gods arc that was begun in issue 395, but the villain, Seth, had been like, bugging Thor since DeFalco and friends took over. The issue opens with Thor facing Surtur and growing tall with the Odin power so he could face Surtur
4: at the same size. That, that is crazy, that double-page spread.
0: What I would have preferred, though, is if his hammer didn't grow. So it'd be <laughs> a giant Thor with a little hammer fighting him. I have a little lapel-sized Mjolnir, like a little tie-clip yeah. version. That's how big it would but be. But it, it would have the same power. I just think it'd be a funny visual of, like, getting hit with this little, ant- like, Ant-Man kind of
3: or something. They battle Thor and Surtur do, like, across landscapes. They go from Seth's realm to Atlantis to the Great Refuge of the Inhumans. To Rigel 3 A distant planet And then to Asgard where the final battle happens As a little side I like that There's this character Grog the god crusher That's sent to kill Thor And he's all about his mission and everything He's gonna be a a tough cookie you know But he just gets crushed from Like the fallout from Giant Thor and Surtur fighting He's like not like this Not like this (laughs) (laughs) But I like that there was a god killer before, you know, the current stories and stuff. Kind of funny. You forget these kind of cross-pantheon
0: fun bits where they would have all the different gods, like the Egyptian and the Celtic and all the ones teamed up. And like I said, they are putting the Kirby homage in 110% dialed all
3: the way up. Yeah, I mean, Seth has... Um, conquered Asgard and he's uh, stocked it with his armored... They look like the like G.I. Joe Cobra commandos, basically. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you've got like Thor and Baldur and the Warriors Three and all the remaining Asgardians making their last stand and they're bolstered by the Celtic gods but also Carnilla and the Norns come to rally. And they also have Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, helping them and he's got this like drab gray armor with some kind of blood curse that paralyzes him as if he's his ebony sword it's really weird
0: but yeah it's so i must have read this but i don't i don't remember this i don't remember earth force i don't i think it's cool when he turns into like a living weapon even though he's immobile i feel like that's a shtick we've seen but it's always entertaining because then they can just hurl him as the weapon Right, I mean, it's pretty funny. It
3: does it's like a Hogan does a fastball special with just throws the paralyzed Dane Whitman right through Seth's head like a bullet that finishes off for good. It's crazy, and then Thor defeats Surtur with the Odin power jacked up Mjolnir, doing like a whirlwind thing around him, and then. Odin, who makes a big return at the last minute, absorbs Surtur's unconscious essence into himself, and as a result it restores his eye. The the eye that Walt Simonson finally took from Odin so that it would match up with more with the mythology. Nope, he gets it back. Take that, Walt.
0: Yeah. I do like the The two of them as giants and all the little Asgardians, like, raising their swords up. That's a really nice uh, spread of all the characters and showing the scale. And like I said, all the adjusted anatomy with varied,
3: you know, four-shortened and four-lengthened stuff. Yep, doing the Kirby bit, for sure. A lot of backup features in this issue. All pretty short. There's a four-page I this Hammer. By DeFalco and Friends and Brett Breeding that covers the properties and enchanted qualities of Molnir.
4: Yeah, I like that These they have these super specials around here with all the extra pages and yeah. bonus stuff.
3: Like
0: the back of an annual, nothing like yeah. the back yeah. matter. It's also fun that we're going to see, like, this is the end of the ponytail era, and it's going to go into the mullet era. <laughs> 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 yeah.
3: so, there's a one-page uh, pin-up of all who have been worthy of lifting Mjolnir. Thor, Beta Ray Bill, Steve Rogers that time, Odin, of course, and Dargo, the future Thor that DeFalco and friends had just introduced about 15 issues earlier in 384. 16 issues. Then there's the Heart of the Hero. That's like a pin-up that shows all the loves of Thor's life from Jane Foster to Hela. And an eight-page when Volstagg was a flower. And it's DeFalco and Friends telling the story with art by Rich Yaniski and Mark McKenna inks, where Fandral is telling Volstagg's kid a tale of when their father was younger and a little more virile. The five Just a pin- repurposed Robin Hood
0: nonsense with the Warriors 3. <laughs> but, sure. you know, why not? You gotta, you gotta
3: fill this 400 up. There's a five-page one Warrior's Clasp that has Thor and Hercules arm wrestling by DeFalco and friends with art by Gary Hartle and inks by Don Heck, which was a nice surprise to see that. This is 1989. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And finishing things off is a nine-page Loki story written by friends with art by Charles Vess.
4: Yeah, maybe this is the most unexpected.
3: Yeah. I mean, immediately the art is so lush and there's so much black on the page and everything. It's pretty cool. And there's a SIF pit up by John Workman and Joe Sinnott. To close things out. And now for something completely
2: different.
6: Hey, guys, this is Derek Howard. I just wanted to congratulate you on episode four, which is um, also your 15th anniversary episode, so... Uh, congratulations. Just want to let you know a a couple of things about um, Marvel Noise that you may or may not know. Number one, (laughs) the reason that Marvel Noises was created was uh, um, in the ashes of the old Bullpen Bulletin's podcast starring David A. Price and Vince B. Um, You know, they, they had Stopped. They had given it up. I immediately got in touch with David and said, hey, you should do a Marvel noise, because if you don't, then I'm going to do it. And everybody knows nobody wants that. So I think a couple of days later. Marvel noise was uh, <laughs> was ready, you know. Um, and uh, I guess number two, and this is something I don't even know if David knows. But the theme to uh, Marvel Noise <laughs> is actually uh, by my one-man band called the Snarky Remarks. And it actually has a title called Lemon Flavored Iceberg. The uh, I think I might even have a long version around here somewhere. I'd have to see if I can find it. If I do, I'll send it to you so you can listen to it. Um, By the way, that part that's used for the theme is the best part of the song. Anyway, um, yeah, there's no meaning behind the title. There's no meaning behind the one-man band. Um, It's not on Spotify, so if you want a copy, just hit me up and I'll give it to you. Anyway, once again, uh, congratulations and thank you for all you've done. Uh, over these past few years. And uh, good luck. In the spring of
3: 1992, Captain America reached issue 400. Also benefiting from an old titles numbering. This time it being Tales of Suspense. This is written by Mark Gruenwald with art by Rick Levins and Danny Bullinatti, And both the front and back covers are... Folded with inside a selected cover gallery not like the really tiny ones where it's just this giant mosaic but like nice sized few inches tall uh, you know bigger than
4: thumbnails of a whole bunch of different good cap covers i feel like you can take marvel unlimited to task on this one unless these like the rest of the issue is somewhere else yeah like they have important stories in in the backups and they're not here for i guess they're because of operation zero tolerance they didn't reprint them for the for the for that maybe that trade i didn't check my my operation zero tolerance but i noticed all the stuff is in the epic collection anyways
3: well it's a uh, galactic storm you mean right yeah that well i think in that just the main story is in that galactic storm piece so even there it's and i mean it makes more sense for them to just take the related story i mean this is part 15 of a 19 part (laughs) operation galactic storm storyline the main the main story at least and we should have said that all of these issues that we're going to cover are on the marvel unlimited but as you just pointed out not all the back
4: matter is yeah that's unfortunate for this one
3: And I mean, sometimes it's because it's a uh, serialized thing that went through a few different annuals or something like that. And I could see them not just wanting to have the one chunk, but come on, once you're scanning it, just scan the whole book.
4: Yeah, like the Diamondback thing, like if you're following that, like you need that. That's true. That's true.
0: And And uh, if I can steal Steve's bit, uh, editor's note, check out Marvel Noise episode 328 from (laughs) April of 2019 for our coverage of the entire Operation Galactic Storm. Because, you know, you might want to read the 900 other
3: parts to this story. (laughs) I did like that where the story left Cap, it did make sense for him to have his solo issue pop up because the Avengers leave Cap behind on the Kree throne world while they are chasing down the Negabomb and you know, they're all talk. It was the right thing to do to leave Cap behind, you know. So he's trapped in this citadel, as it's falling apart, and facing a bunch of his familiar foes. But it's all a ruse put on by the
4: Supreme Intelligence. Yeah, Cap is is all like, "What? No, is this really my enemies? Are you real? Are you are you real?"
0: I'm um, for those of us that like the uh, '80s Cap. That flag smasher came on strong and was lots of fun. Like it was a really cool, enjoyable, like felt like a new villain. I mean new as in the eighties, and then just really instantly jumped to being like one of the key bad guys for Cap. I really like I like the appearance, the little guys with their berets, him in the big mace. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like a cool they created what would have been for me a new villain, you know, in the mid eighties. And then he I like it when they jump right to the top and
4: are like. And then Crossbones, caps. too, comes like issues after that, I and mean, he becomes a, a big baddie, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't like Crossbones as much. Felt like a Red really? Skull
4: retrud. Yeah. Uh, the first backup story
3: is as long as a current regular comic book. of 18 pages out in the cold by Gruenwald, Larry Alexander, and Catherine Bollinger. And it's got the Falcon and U.S. agent mounting an Arctic rescue to get D-Man back from Flag Smasher and his berate goons. Then 11 pages of The Origin of Diamondback that yeah. cuts from a very uh, tense moment in the regular book where Diamondback is about to c- crush uh, Crossbones's skull with a hunk of rubble. And it goes into a deep connection between her and Crossbones prior to them involving themselves in super villainy. And it was written and drawn by the regular series team of Gruenwald Levins and Dan Pinozian. I With never
0: a... liked those those tie ins where they tie everybody oh, they knew each other from way back when yeah. I always feel like it's kind of hokey and like I it feels a more open world when it's just people who didn't know each other way back when and oh, you know. I've railed on that like when they wrote that annual where the Sandman was a kid that liked to play with sand. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, right. Come on. Like it, everything doesn't need to be though. the same gimmick, the same gig twice over. So that part was less interesting. But I did like the the Tales of Suspense reprint.
4: Yeah. I mean, you can Roy Thomas it up sometimes. But other times it's just like, oh, he was the Hulk before he was the Hulk. And then you can tell he was playing with his this. And then sometimes it's like, how far are we going to go with this?
3: And actually, it's a um, not a Tales of Suspense reprint. It's Avengers number four that has Cap joining the Avengers.
0: Whoa, my digital copy from the, you know, I bought those CD-ROMs. Yeah. It ends up, oh, I think I got the wrong cover. They just put the cover. That's it
3: is. That's on the inside back cover as part of the cover gallery. There's a Tales of Suspense cover with Iron Man punching Cap. Right,
7: but the story is
3: the
0: whole them finding him. Well, that ties up with the 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 beginning of the other one where they're up in the Arctic and everything. Yep. So I can see why the symmetry of that made it fun. It works. Yeah, it's hard to because you're looking at the PDF. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the gatefold cover because to me it's just a series of the cover images and they don't, indi- you know, there's no way to indicate in PDF form that this is a gatefold or whatever. So I didn't know if it was pictures in it or whatever, because I might have still been reading at this time. It's hard to say 92 is about Andy getting out of town, so it's hard to <laughs> hard to know if I would have still been on the
3: Captain America and his mighty shield. That cap 400 was in the spring of 92, and later the same year, in the fall of 92, Incredible Hulk reaches number 400, also benefiting from a, its
4: previous name as the title of
3: Tales to Astonish.
4: Yeah, you know what's funny? Is that I got this as a back issue, and I didn't read the book, but I must have been interested enough. I'm like, oh, it's a 400. So I think I probably got 392... That other big one as a I I was obviously like, if I was getting some massive size issue, I was obviously there, right? <laughs> you
3: sure it wasn't the partially nude girl on the cover? Uh, oh, by I
4: just looked at that. And I'm like, maybe
3: Gary Frank and Mark Farmer cover. And it is beautiful. And they have the, the she's encased in crystals that are hiding all the, the naughty parts. And the crystals were all like prismatic foil. So it, it's a really striking cover.
4: That might have been the reason, too. Prismatic foil. Like, who can resist that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Written yeah, by... gimmick covers are the best. I don't, I know he's the classic villain, but the leader generally doesn't uh, jumpstart my motorboat. Really? I thought this was a good story, but yeah, I don't know. I like the Hulk when he's really slugging it out. Although I do like his little pink, kind of android y yes. creatures.
3: The leader had been. Kind of on the shelf since the whole uh, gamma bomb thing that happened at the beginning of Peter David's run with during McFarland's art time, and uh, so for him to come back in 400 and and start upsetting the apple cart that the Hulk had set up for himself. I mean, this is the time of the Pantheon when he's connected to this secret society, this like international group that. Kind of behind the scenes, tries to fight for right um, over time and history and stuff. It's uh, so the Hulk had had a uh, a pretty good thing going, and things start unraveling when the leader actually makes a deal with the head of the Pantheon, Agamemnon. But it's the conclusion of the four-part Ghosts of the Past story arc. Written by Peter David With art by uh, Jan Dersema And Chris Bacallo With inks by Mark Farmer And The Ghost of the Past story arc Previous to this issue Had the woman who had been around Claiming to be Rick Jones's long lost mother Being revealed To be like a psychotic person Who kidnaps Rick Murders his wife Marlo She's the pretty girl on the cover And He gets no help from the good guys, but the leader offers to help him restore her to life. And then this issue starts. So it's kind of all about that. And she's encased in the crystals in the leader's lair. And he's trying to... You know, you don't know if he's being benevolent or what his real goal is and everything. And then, of course, the Hulk comes bursting in trying to stop everything. But Rick doesn't want him to stop everything because he wants Marlo back... It's pretty intense stuff. That there's a squadron of Hydra soldiers that are attacked too. In the end, Marlowe's revived, but she's pretty blank. And Thunderbolt Ross is revealed to be alive too. By the same um, process. When you said Marlo, I was
0: that girl. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's her a joke that might be a little dated. <laughs> I thought this was the first 400 we got that was um, really trying to not just have a big event, but have the emotional beats of the characters redeeming. Like, is the leader going to redeem himself? Well, no, it was all a ruse. And, you know, what's going on with Will Marlowe come back and Thunderbolt Ross and Hulk and Betty? And uh, they put a lot of those notes in, and it was still compressed feeling. I mean, yeah, Rick's got the mullet, but... I felt like we're still, we haven't really gone full crazy 90s yet. Peter David writes a good book.
4: He really and does. And you must have liked the, the preprint backup, Andrew. Oh, Steve Ditko, come on. Doing a whole
0: <laughs> a natural. And yeah. that's the leader I'm used to is like the... the Ditko Ditko sweaty guy
3: with a giant forehead it's it's Lee Ditko and George Russo's George Bell from Tales to Astonish 63 in October of 1964 where the leader's origin was revealed that's
4: another example of old fan new fan where old fan might have been like once the leader mutated, that's not my leader. Yeah. But if you're coming in as a new reader, I'm like, that's your leader is the guy with the mutated head, not just the big head. Yep.
3: It's like a green Peyton Manning with a mustache. Also, I feel like
0: (laughs) there was a kind of fun artifact of the silver age. And that's the extreme coloring choices because of the limited palette. Yes. Like you'd never get like that hot pink, but I love those things. Like I just, feel like there was some fun to be had and really pushing the comic book exaggerated nature that i enjoy that maybe isn't as prevalent when they got you know 80 late 80s 90s and we're gonna get make comic books that are serious about serious things and not giant pink play-doh creatures
3: (laughs) as a big fan of the different stables of artists that were Operating at various times I was reading comic books One of the things that I look for And appreciate the most out of some of these Anniversary issues and annuals Is if there's pinups And this oh, yeah. one had four of them One by Gary Frank and Mark Farmer One by Mark Bacala and Dan Pinosian, One by Ernie Chan And one by Mark Farmer alone
8: Yeah Yeah He bit the big one <laughs>
9: Hey everyone, this is Pat Loika, and your ears are not deceiving you. I am here on this episode of Marvel Noise, just making, I guess, a cameo appearance of sorts. It's been how many years since I last contributed to the show, but I was there at the beginning, back in the David Price days. And uh, Steve had requested that I uh, you know, take part in this particular episode, and so here I am you know I'm always one to uh, I'm always down for some Marvel talk even though I do talk a lot of Marvel elsewhere these days but um, she had told me that be fun to talk about what you know what books I'm currently into what Marvel uh, what Marvel comics I'm currently reading and I figured it'd be fun to kind of talk about my, my, my love right now, which is the Xbox. And uh, the Xbox have been my favorite thing for the last couple of years since the, uh, the Krakoan era began with Jonathan Hickman. And I am currently... currently I'm, really, I'm really, really digging Immortal X-Men and X-Men Red. Those are my two favorite titles right now. Uh, Immortal X-Men by Kieran Gillen with art by Lucas Wernick and the occasional guest artist here and there. And it is a book that focuses on the quiet council of Krakoa. And it's such such a great mix of characters. A lot of characters that you probably know as villains or heroes from previous eras, they are all here and it's fun to kind of get see how they work as a government and as a as a ruling body for mutant kind and i have been enjoying the various interactions between characters uh kieran gillen writing characters like mr sinister emma frost um hope summers one of his you know one of his creations and of course mystique and destiny among many others is a lot of fun and he has really done a fantastic job fleshing out characters like exodus or uh, or you know like i said like i mentioned earlier hope summers who he is re- revisiting for the first time in in over 10 years from when he was writing uncanny x-men and generation hope way way back and it's been a lot of fun kind of just, you know, going through their heads. Like, like each issue has been told from the perspective of each member of the Council, and there's been a lot of really interesting takes on what's going on with the Marvel Universe, and, you know, this book has certainly made someone like Mr. Sinister a character to watch, especially what's coming up for him that's been announced recently, and... Yeah, it's it's never boring. There's always going to be something going on. There's always some kind of twist, some kind of uh, some kind of messed up reveal happening in the book, and it's been great. And it's been it, it it's it's just so so much fun to read. And I highly recommend reading Immortal X Men if you just want to see. So uh, you know, it, it, it's it's basically a powder keg, and you are just. Waiting to see how this all blows up in everyone's face because uh, When you have like such a volatile mix of characters together making decisions for a lot of people for a lot of mutants uh, things can possibly go wrong. Uh, There's a lot of uh, A lot of things to consider here and this book has been such a treat for fans of like these characters because you're getting to know more about a lot of them and you are also discovering you know combinations of characters that you didn't realize you always wanted like i never would have thought that exodus and hope summers would be a fun you know set of characters to pair together and just have them you know interact and it's been fun to see exodus reacting to hope the mutant messiah and yeah among many other things and of course you get more mystique and destiny there and it's been fun to see them kind of uh Reacclimate to the Marvel Universe together. Another book I recommend, like I mentioned earlier, is X Men Red by Al Ewing, with art by Stefano Caselli and the occasional guest artist as well. And this is probably one of the most incredible books that they put out. Among other things, it shows Al Ewing's great command of. Uh, of character and using continuity, not to not to bog down the story, but to enhance the stories he's telling. Like, you don't have to know your continuity, but if you know your continuity, you uh, you get more out of the stories that he's telling. And it's such a great book, such a great cast of characters. Like, I think I think Al writes probably the best Storm in a while, Storm and. Uh, Magneto, they're both regulars in this book, and so are Sunspot and Cable and Agent Brand, and they all have such incredible stories here. There's a lot of, there's there's a lot of uh, layers here. There's a lot of exploring, of uh, of Araco, which I don't know if you have been paying attention, but uh, but Araco used to be Mars, but it's been taken over. It's now a home planet for for. Another set of mutants that we were introduced to previously in Ten of Swords, but there's a lot going on in this book. Again, there's a lot of great character work, and Al Ewing continues to be one of the best, uh, one of the best things that Marvel has. And if you loved, uh, if you loved his work on, uh, loved his work on Immortal Hulk. There's a lot more going on, you know. Like it's it, it's it's obviously very different from Immortal Hulk, but you know, like that same care and that same love for characters is uh it it's it's apparent, and I hope that you guys check that book out. Anyways, you could hear me more on uh, on my other podcast. I do a podcast called Krakoan and Exports with a few co-hosts where we go through the entire Krakoan era of X-Men books. And if you start from episode one, we start with uh, House of X, Powers of Ten, and we work our way through Dawn of X, and currently through Reign of X, which is the, uh, you know, we're, we're following everything in proper reading order as, as dictated by these trade paperback collections. And we also talk about, we also do topics. We also have interviews with creators. So there's a lot, and there's a lot of fun stuff going on. So if you check out Krakoan Exports at krakoanexports.libsyn.com, uh, you can uh, go for our entire archive episodes there. And, of course, you can find me at patloyka.com, where you can check out my photography work and uh, my blog, which I will be working on updating soon. So, yeah, uh, it's been nice to kind of talk... Uh, and be a part of this show again, if even for this uh, this one-off. I mean, you know, if Steve asks, I'm probably going to do it again if he asks me to uh, here and there. But it's been fun catching up with Marvel Noise. And until next time, you guys take care. You guys take it easy. Be good. Remember that Krakoa is for all mutants. And, uh, yeah, long live Marvel Noise. Take care. In the winter of
3: 1995, Amazing Spider-Man reached 400, with a die. Oh, I bought this one. A die-cut tombstone cover. A Death in the Family.
4: I think I re- this was actually on like Entertainment Tonight or something. I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember someone specifically telling me about it, and they're like, "Yeah, I hadn't read the issue, but Entertainment Tonight spoiled the issue for me."
3: Written by J.M. DeMatteis, with permission from Stan Lee. With art by Mark Bagley and inks by Randy Emberlin and Larry Maldstadt. The gift is the first feature. And, I mean, but this the is... Cover,
4: the cover really doesn't show you the the cover. Like, yeah. as, as it actually is when you have the physical issue, which is unfortunate.
3: True, because that tombstone, you open it up and what's behind it?
4: Tell us, Kevin, what's behind it? It's a surprise. <laughs> go, go, go! Buy the copy. Oh, wait, it's probably a few dollars now. It's not, you won't find it in the digital version. I'm you know, exactly.
0: You might have to explain for context who that character is, Steve, because the character dies. So a lot of people probably, if you just started reading comics in the 2000s, you might not have ever run across this character. So you know,
3: it's more for the older fans. This one's right in the thick of the '90s clone saga, so there's oh, yeah. there's a lot touched upon that all seemed really intriguing then, but not so much now. Like the mystery of Judas Traveler and Oh yeah, Cain watching from a distance in the shadows, and the whole the jackal is he mad? Is he sane? Is he in control?
4: Is he not? And, I mean, the jackal's interesting. I don't know if I ever was a big Judas Traveler fan. Kane I was probably more into but if the clone saga would have ended here I mean I would have remembered it much more fondly
0: I, like I the... can't get over the Scarlet Spider outfit with like the Yeah. he looks like he's heading to the gym <laughs> workout.
4: Yeah, well like... <laughs> doesn't he go somewhere and he just sort of <laughs> just takes some jersey and he's like hey this will do to me though the the Jackal is you know Professor Miles Warren a
3: dude who looks like you know Archie Goodwin, you know <laughs> who who puts on the mask and dances around like a maniac. Um, where at this point, he was his own clone and he was jackal like himself. It was kind of weird. Yeah. But then there's this whole Peter Parker and Ben Riley resentment thing because they both have the same early memories, right? So you
4: know, I mean, it is the nineties.
3: But, but what the issue is really about is not any of all that stuff, even though they have to touch upon it. It's really about Aunt May. She I do that well. She's just woken up from a coma, and she has a day out with Peter before she takes a downward turn and then passes away at the end of the issue. It's like, that's the gift. She has, like, one day of clarity and of being able to engage in everything and catch up with everything. Because she's been in a coma for months So she recognizes that MJ is pregnant, you know, she admits that she's known all along that Peter was Spider-Man, which was one of the most powerful Aunt May moments ever in comics, I think. It was so well written.
4: And I remember the people debating that back and forth. Sort of like that. Why she was mean. She guilted Peter all those
5: years. (laughs) (laughs)
3: She didn't really need her medicine at all. (laughs) (laughs) She knew what she was doing when she was marrying Doc Ock. (laughs) I thought
0: Uh, it was pretty cool. They pulled this off without having like the showpiece fight or whatever. Or even like a little thrown in. Yeah. Spider-Man's going to web up some muggers or something. It was sort of your traditional. Well, we got to have a little bit of elements in but i guess my big i was out of comics my big question for you guys is did either of you get the personalized x-men comic where you become captain universe no because that intrigued the heck out of me (laughs) (laughs) can i send it in now do you think uh 30 years uh,
3: 25 years later they'll they'll accept it the hero who could be you and when aunt may dies ben riley feels it too, you know, because she was his Aunt May too, so it's a it's it's pretty powerful and then reinforcing May's character is the seven page the morning after backup story by Dematis with art by Tom Grummet and Al Milgram and a Stan Lee script and it's the day after Uncle Ben was killed and, and Spidey apprehended, uh, apprehended the burglar and everything and but basically, it's like Aunt May isn't too pleasant at breakfast is the
4: kind of the thrust yeah. of it. You didn't get any weed cakes that day.
0: <laughs> and I always hate derailing, but one last ad moment. I love that the Peter Pan peanut butter tie-in Spider-Man digital watch. You had to send nine fifty to get this. I'm like, <laughs> that, that's like a $2 digital watch. How are they making money on these promotional tie-ins? Like... <laughs> Have they no shame? Like I had a Spider-Man digital watch, but you know they're they're not usually the finest timepieces known to man. Nor are they of the most expensive. But I'm like plus fifty plus two dollars shipping and handling. Come on, come on, Peter
3: Pan, and you'll do us right. And you'll get it in six to eight weeks. <laughs> uh, the last feature in Spider-Man four hundred is a shock to the system. Which is a flashback to the clone, to Ben Riley, realizing that he's a clone by observing Peter Parker at large. And the moment when he decides to call himself Ben Riley and get himself going before we see him kick off this whole 90s clone saga. And that's written by Jam DeMattis, with art by John Romita Jr. and inks by John Romita Sr., Good-looking little story.
0: Yeah, I like the art, and this one was my was the part I took away. Yeah, I I, I tried a few times to really get into the Clone Saga yeah. retroactively, but I think you, it's one of those things. I think you had to be there to really fall yep. in love with it. It's really hard
4: for uh, me uh-huh. to
0: try and fall in love with it now.
4: I mean, I read that when it was coming out, and I I still didn't. Uh... No, I actually. I actually end up dropping not at the clone saga but uh yeah i mean
3: falling in love is a too strong of a <laughs>
4: emotion for the 90s
3: clone saga but there were yeah. some there were some individual installments that were very well
4: written uh, i mean dematis is awesome on well, that, right that, that that's the thing like you have some quality guys on it but there's also some of the guys writing they're always writing part 3 part 3 part 3 so yep. there's yep. all that type of stuff involved that doesn't and then it just gets more and more convoluted as it goes on they're like oh now we found another skeleton in the smokestack and all it's that you're like what is happening
3: <laughs> yep that well that's what kept you reading right what the hell it's is true. happening <laughs> In the spring of 1995, the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine, reached issue 400 with a foil, kind of a Bond gun barrel-esque kind of cover where you're looking down the tube at at the team. Written by Tom DeFalco, with art by Paul Ryan and Danny Bullinatti. This is the Reed richards list Fantastic Four, where Christoph Doom is providing the science support and this first tale is called even the watchers can
0: die and if you thought the thor 400 was a complete throwback this is a complete (laughs) oh we're taking the current fantastic four and all their current outfits and configurations and uh johnny's marriage to lyra and the whole Christoph and every goofy the Fantastic Eight or whatever they're called now.
3: Yeah, this has got the the FFs, the Fantastic Four and the Fantastic Force, which had the teen Psylord Franklin leading them. They're caught in the middle of the all-out war between the Watchers and the Celestials, who are just wiping Damn. the Watchers out.
4: Damn.
3: Big
0: bang. Maybe they I'm, know I, about
4: the Reckoning War.
3: The, I just
0: want to say, Steve, between the Fantastic Force and Fantastic Four... Uh, Marvel Noise never had a segment called Fantastic Four Sites, so you know, (laughs) I think you know
3: where I stand on the two teams. That's when I have my blinders on. (laughs) There's a big bad rogue watcher called Aaron, who's got this hidden base where he's going to convert the Milky Way galaxy into his own little pocket galaxy that he can rule and use to escape the slaughter of the Celestials. And this giant team of Fantastic Four-related family split into two groups, one to take on Aaron and one to help the Watchers from being wiped out by the Celestials. I love when the big battle is so big you have to fight it on two fronts, you know? So wait, if that Rogue
0: one, do you think this is why Jason Aaron took out his storyline on the Watchers? Because <laughs> he didn't like
3: them sullying his good name? <laughs> Aaron sends Blastar, Dragon Man, and the Frightful Four against the FF. Then Annihilus and the Red Ghost and the Super Apes and the Mole Man and some Kirby Monsters. It's an anniversary issue after all, right?
4: Yeah, you gotta face off against everyone.
3: Then there's also this cool bit, my favorite part of the issue, was where they speculate that the Celestials are beings of hyperspace energy that kind of operate in another dimension and then use their Kirby armor to manifest and be able to interact on the physical plane in our dimension. Then it gets revealed that the Invisible Woman's force fields take power from this same hyperspace dimension. So she can affect and even hurt the Celestials.
4: Come on, that's cool. better... I hope the X-Men or the Avengers are calling her up.
0: <laughs> Always fun to have like a new twist on the power. And I know I said I'd stop doing this, but I can't stop myself. Okay, boys, which one of you bought the forty dollar limited ten thousand run Prime versus Hulk comic? <laughs> oh yeah. <he's> ten thousand. <laughs> I mean thirty nine ninety five. Wow. That seems like a pretty good chunk of change for a brand new, but it did have metallic ink cover and it was signed that was the recommended
3: so... one. And okay. I was like, whoa, a $40 brand new comic in 1995. I admit to buying a bunch of the Malibu books that crossed over with the, you know, Marvel heroes that made it to the stands. Like um, Silver Surfer and Rune, although that was like Barry Windsor Smith art, I think. And like Adam Warlock. Made an appearance there, and there were a few different ones. It was, there was some, um uh, you know, flair to checking those out. But well, didn't some of the gems or something end up over there? Right, right. The Infinity Gems were lost and scattered in the Ultraverse. Yeah. So you just bought the
0: regular ten dollar copy
3: of yeah. Versus <laughs> Number Zero,
0: limited to thirty thousand copies. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Kevin, it's only an extra dollar for shipping and handling to Canada, though. So try and get them up on this deal. Maybe, maybe they still got some sitting in the warehouse.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. At the end of Fantastic Four 400, the Watcher, I mean, our Watcher, Uatu, defeats Aaron. But in doing so, he affected things, right? So then his race shows up and strips him of being a Watcher. You will oh, watch man. no more.
0: It seemed weird that one of them's called Aaron and the other's called Uatu. Couldn't <laughs> like, he have like a science
3: fiction-y name to but at match least, the whole thing? At least they both start off with, you know, double vowels. Right? Oh, good. That's the code
0: to the... Because they always got to have some basic uh, uh, a mechanism for that. The sci-fi shortcut.
3: The other feature in Fantastic Four 400 is the six-page In Memoriam by DeFalco, Ryan, and Bull also. And this has the FF reminiscing before Reed's funeral. And they show, like, the crowd who's there for the funeral and stuff. Lots of good guests. I would have liked more cameos and less of a
0: recap of the whole origin. I mean, I guess you have to do that. Everyone's comics is somebody's first. But I like more of the Easter eggy, like, oh, look, oh, my gosh, there's, you know, all the weird, because they don't, You know, you want like a Perez-like spread or something. Sure. Of like, oh, look, there's Jimmy Carter in the background or
5: whatever,
3: (laughs) you know. And I mean, I'd like, too, that they resisted bringing Reed Richards back in 400, which is what everyone at the time was speculating. Because he had been gone for, I don't know, like 15 plus issues. And Sue not only had to deal with the grief, but also keep the team together. And then she was like leading the team and it became uh invisible woman kind of a story which was intriguing to me and uh, liking that character very much and that they didn't bring back reed and waited a few more issues was fun of them
4: yeah then they have a crossover
5: <clears throat>
10: hey marvel noise this is tom morris uh formerly of the marvel history minute on marvel noise uh Back, uh, uh, good old Steve asked me to uh, give a little uh, shout out. See how you guys are all doing. Congratulations, David, on all the great work this show has been going on all these years. Uh, You know, for perspective, I started listening to the podcast in 2007 during the, uh, and this is a great Marvel history lesson for you. Back when Scroll Watch was a thing, yes, back when we were trying to figure out who was a scroll, who wasn't a scroll. Back when Backwards Dave was doing his Bring Him Back. And, uh, of course, all the uh, great uh, other uh, eras that happen around this time. Um, Of course, uh, this podcast helped me introduce a lot of great people, including Steve and, of course, Pat Loika. And, uh, you know, got me started into my own podcasting uh, thing now. And uh, if you guys are looking for a new movie podcast, uh, my show is The Good, The Bad, and The Nerdy Movie Podcast. We are available through Anchor and other uh, apps. So, um, anyway, uh, congratulations, everybody, and Marvel Noise for all the great work. And Ta-da.
3: In the spring of ninety six, the next year, was Avengers four hundred, with a nice wraparound Mike Diodato, Tom Palmer cover, with the Avengers surrounded by their past foes, but no background at
4: all. That's the thing, and that color it makes it look like it's a second printing, even though it it's does. the first. It does. Just focus I remember on the... getting this as a back issue because I was trying to find my way into Avengers and there wasn't <laughs> <laughs> you, you,
9: like, one I, month too I remember early. I,
4: I bought an issue around, I got a back issue around like three sixty six or something, but that's like still not super easy to get into. And then I'm like, oh, maybe around here, and it's all right, but it's like within like two or three issues, it's like it's gone, and then it's Heroes Reborn time, so. Yep. I would have to wait. Really. I mean I bought some Heroes Reborn stuff, but I would but for uh a, a real intro, I would have to wait till like the next run.
3: But what a great introduction it would be getting the Busick Perez stuff, right?
4: Yeah, but like this is sort of my semi intro.
3: Yeah. I like that this is your wasp <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez, that was terrible. It's a pretty familiar <laughs> team except the wasp looks like she's a like a forest fairy
0: right <laughs>
4: yeah it's bug wasp they even made an action figure i think of that wasp
0: wanda's great outfit is yeah
4: i don't man, mind that one I think that was, was her
0: great. force works outfit yeah yeah but i mean it's marginally better than the gypsy one but this, that classic outfit cannot be
4: beat yeah the pinkly yeah and, the...
3: and
0: then you
4: have thor he's he's all 90s out here
3: yeah, everyone's all 90s out. This is right before the whole Onslaught Heroes Reborn thing. I mean, like, this yeah. issue continues in Onslaught X-Men number one. <laughs> uh, and it's post the whole Harris Epting stuff. And just after that whole crossing story where Tony Stark became a murdering lackey of Kangs and died. Yeah. Died, I tell you, And then they had to pull a teen Tony from another universe to replace Tony so that Tony's story still mattered, but so I liked in this issue, Iron Man's in the issue, but they don't ever mention that it's Team Tony or show him with the
4: helmet off or anything. He's like <laughs> yeah. he's just Iron yeah. Man. Just accept it.
5: Uh,
4: well, yeah. I think what drew me or it, it started drawing me more to the Avengers. I'm like, you have like Wade on this. And I'm like, oh, he could do a good run.
3: Yeah, the issue is written by Mark Wade, and the regular team at the time was Mike Diodato and Tom Palmer, but this issue has Mike Waringo providing the pencils with Tom Palmer inks. Not the best combo. I mean, the layouts are good, but Warringo's lines are too um, smooth for for a guy like Palmer's inks, who's more realistic.
0: How can you say this is 90s, Steve? Hawkeye only has uh, 57
3: pouches (laughs) (laughs) in the outfit. Now, this issue story has Jarvis encountering a time traveler who needs him to help determine which of the Avengers' past villains is going to affect his future by thinking about and going through the list. Meanwhile, the Avengers are fighting all of their o- o- old foes out on the streets of New York like until you it comes out that it's like Jarvis is actually thinking them up, right? It's all Loki's doing, basically, just like the formation of the team was. I
0: feel like they tipped that way too early mm-hmm. with heavy. Oh, like, I feel like Wade's normally better than that, but he really uh, foreshadowed from the guy's first appearance that this is yep. not legit. And I was, I thought that I was just a little disappointed. Like, oh, come on, Wade, you, you could have sold it better instead of instantly being like, this is total sus.
4: This is a funny cliffhanger too. Like that character Cliff. showing up. With X-Man
3: showing up, Nate Gray, the Nate Gray X-Man from Age of Apocalypse.
4: I have a bone to pick with this backup feature here, too, where it has Avengers roll call. I mean, it's cool that they show all these appearances by all these characters, because maybe you're getting some of this stuff from the Internet at this point. But I'm sure a lot of people are like, I don't know. I'm going to track this down. So some of them say reformed enemy and everything, like on Quicksilver, Scarlet (laughs) Witch, nothing. Hmm. And I'm like, that's suspicious, Mantis. I'm like, I guess she went evil in The Crossing?
3: Well, well, you know, um, Cap had Wanda's record wiped clean when, when she. No, just kidding.
4: <laughs> and then they, they mentioned Moon Knight and it says killed in action in Moon Knight 54. I'm like, he has another six issues of his book to go. <laughs> yeah, but he was still killed. I know. I'm like, remember what happened everything there? happened in
3: some demon dimension after that? where everyone was related to each other and oh my gosh
4: (laughs) so i'm just like fascinated by some of these little footnote things they have in here
3: it is funny
0: how many of the people are quote-unquote killed that have long since yeah that that
4: lasted a long time killed in action in druid 22 i'm like 22 issues
3: the moment I like the most in this issue, though, and I know Mark Wade must have chuckled to himself when he first thought of it, is that at one point the Avengers fight, the Avengers assemble statue that's like on the front lawn of Avengers Mansion uh-huh. <laughs> that we've seen so many times, you know, that gray statue of the original team there. Well, they all get animated and they have to like fight them on the lawn. That's cool.
4: <laughs> and they didn't try to remake that statue in Thunderbolts 1. They gave that other weirdo thing with the different...
5: Oh yeah.
4: Arms and everything instead.
0: It also felt a bit checklisty in a way. Like instead of having one or two decent fights, there's like a hundred that last a panel or two. Like yeah. I would've I think I would have had less of the let's checklist everybody and just have a few more dramatic y sort of fights unless like yeah, 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 we gotta cram everybody in this thing. Like, hey look, it's Jimmy Carter in the
3: background. <laughs> Again he gets around in the fall of 2001 uncanny x-men reached issue 400
4: yeah and, i remember uh, this being worse than it then like if ditto. you mention the creators you'd be like wow this is an all-star team but it just doesn't come together for me
3: writer joe casey with art by cully hamner ashley wood eddie campbell javier Polito, sean phillips and matt smith
4: like i remember the the ashley wood stuff the most i'm like oh yeah it's the murky stuff where you can't tell what's going on right i mean and
3: and, in my mind
4: he had like like half of the issue or something was like ashley wood
3: (laughs) it's there's a very kent williams-esque wraparound cover by ashley wood where wolverine's all flat-headed with a skull that's way too small to house a human brain and his hair's all slicked back and pointy in the back and everything. Um, yeah. That, 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 that taints the whole rest of the issue right from the cover.
4: <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, I love Sean Phillips, but like later on I found out, Oh yeah, he did those X-Men issues. And I'm like, I don't know. He's not an X-Men guy or he needs to be on a different book. I don't know. It's just, he, he had not his,
3: his style yet.
4: Yeah.
0: When they dropped, Wolverine in the book his claws are like as long as his
3: arm almost I'm like I guess he can't really bend his elbow when they're (laughs) retracted like the team is Wolverine Angel Iceman Nightcrawler Chamber from Generation X and Stacy X with her pheromones and her kicking yeah the X-Men raid an operations hub of the anti-mutant and pro militant Church of Humanity and Stacy X gets captured by the church and their leader, the Supreme Pontiff, is introduced. Now, even with so many artists, they manage to at least try to use them cleverly. Like you were saying, you remember like half the issue is Ash in the wood. But I like that they restrict <laughs> his things to he does like the pontiff in his lair, which does give it like a weird otherworldly feel, doesn't it? Like, you know, and then, like, Javier Polito does Stacy X's origin. So, it kind of... They, they tried to... It wasn't just two pages
4: of one artist, two pages of the yeah. next. No, that I would thought. be a Ben's comic.
3: <laughs> I thought
0: it was, like, not, like, a momentous 400 no. issue. But it just felt like kind of one of those weird, heavy continuity X-Men books yeah. that you pick up sometimes where you're like, wait, if you don't know... Like, I don't know a bunch of these cats. That's fine. Like... They want to feature some of these obscure mutants. Why not? Like, you guys may know Star Chamber and Wolverine, but I've never heard of them. That's fine. Yeah. I can enjoy an X-Men book with new characters. And, like, the really heavy-handed bit about the genetic purity. and That's just, like, classic X-Men stuff, yeah. you know?
4: Well, I think that also the the problem, and and totally on, like, the reader, I guess you could say, is... Yeah, Joe Casey's good, but like this is running up against like Morrison's X Men and he's doing weird stuff. And it's like yeah. Joe Casey's trying to compete against Grant Morrison. I'm like, not a battle you're usually gonna win. Also, oh, what kind
3: of four
0: hundred issue doesn't
3: have a softball game? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or hot cocoa. Stacy X gets captured by the church and their leader um and she's tortured and interrogated and stuff. And the X-Men have to mount a assault rescue on the compound and everything. And there's this big moment where Nightcrawler faces the pontiff. And, you know, this is like priest yeah. Nightcrawler, you know, so wearing the collar and everything. And they have this big meeting of the minds, but the result is off panel. And when they come back, Nightcrawler doesn't remember anything. It's it's very anticlimactic. <laughs> he has no memory of it and we didn't get to see it so it was like there's it seemed like everything was going towards the two of them meeting and then you don't even get to see what the heck happened pretty weird for a milestone issue no wonder it's the last one that they've had in the last 20 years the last issue 400
0: <laughs> well it's always weird when we do these because it's not that wide okay if you knock out the, the, the two extremes the X-Men and the the Thor one, they're usually in a pretty fairly narrow range, but they yeah. always feel so different. <laughs> like It really is. Even though you're, well, of course they would be different, but we feel like, oh, they're all 400s. There should be some theme or thread. And there's obviously nothing, but it just feels weird
3: whenever I read these things. It's fun to read milestone issue after milestone issue and see the packages they put together, trying to make these things into events, just like, We're trying to make this episode into (laughs) an event, right? It's a milestone. I just always want to find the secret reason that links
4: them all together.
0: (laughs) Maybe I've been uh, spending too much time online and I need to step back a little bit. Not everything's linked together.
4: Yeah, and you said you don't want everything to be linked together.
3: Exactly. Roy Thomas got to me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's our 400s for episode 400. Thank you. Andrew, Kevin, for being there to keep this thing fresh and fun.
4: All I these can't episodes, or the 425s, or 450s, <laughs> or, or 500s, 500s for sure.
3: Next up are new bonus episodes of now defunct but memorable podcasts, whose hosts were willing to pitch in new material to help us celebrate our 15th anniversary. That's right, true believers. We've got brand spanking new full length episodes of both the Great Expectations podcast and DC Noise. Wow. It's a giant sized anniversary celebration here. And this is going to be our only October episode this year. So you got all month to listen. thanks to everybody who took the time to contribute to this milestone episode and for all their past contributions to the show's culture oh, for it's sure. quite a treat quite a treat for me
0: who started I'm still more of a fan of the show than a contributor so I'd like to hear them hopefully they don't wait another 400 episodes
4: I'm glad you wanted to do something with me Andrew on this show
3: that's how it all started. <laughs> Stay tuned for a new Great Expectations, and then it's Marvel Noise After Dark with Mike and Daryl with the new DC noise. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. until Kevin reads that Thunderbolts novel, make mine <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> All
0: right, we won't <laughs> use that one. <laughs>
7: Hey, this is Jerry.
11: And this is Sean.
7: And this is the 36th episode of the Great Expectations podcast. We took a little break. Seven year
11: break. But we're back. That's right. What we're doing here today is uh, in a little bit of celebration for our pal and former guest host, Super Steve, and his Marvel... (laughs) Marvel... His marvel (sighs) marvel noise exactly they're celebrating their 400th episode so we wanted to chip in 400 someday they'll catch up to us yeah (laughs) 36 (laughs) so we thought long and hard about just jumping up to the great uncanny x-men number 400 yeah and reading that and Mm -hmm. talking about it but it is not good no sir you know what i learned during this jerry what's that everybody uh it's been a long time since me and jerry first met Uh uh-huh and i was a young punk Uh uh-huh who loved his 90s x-men uh-huh and was always ready to defend it fair and he didn't understand where all these old bastards kept on being (laughs) like the 70s and 80s are where it's at kid ah and guess what jerry was that you were right of course you were very very right Here's to me. My absolute... Me alone. I could just go on and on about the Claremont years. I think it's all that matters to me. And it's only driven home more how much I love Claremont when we read a Marvel Superhero Secret Wars. That's right,
7: ladies and gentlemen. We're here on Marvel Noise Podcast to discuss the first company-wide... Super event, year-long event uh, that grabbed all the heroes and villains from the Marvel U and mashed them together on a mashed-up planet with some guy called the Beyonder calling the shots. And it's genius. So,
11: <laughs> so here's here's what we got. It right? is not genius. It's it's roughly it's early '80s. I Your wanna synopsis say. was the pitch. That I imagine was just like the seven year it was the the the, the movie big is the basis for how Marvel superhero secret wars got put into production yeah that's right
7: yeah so uh, what we're looking at is a situation where and this is weird to me because DC had signed on to work with who oh the distinguished competition oh I screwed that up uh, they signed a, a of action figure deal with some toy maker whose name escapes me now one of you know i'm sure yeah.
11: um we'll get one of our interns to look it up put it in the show notes <laughs> you mean our children Yeah. <laughs> and,
7: uh, editor's note um and uh and so i think was it kenner i can't remember And this is turning into a terrible story because now I can't remember who made the Secret Wars toys. I thought it was Mattel. Mattel, yes. I could be wrong. So they approached Marvel, and and they were like, well, hey, we want some superhero toys too. How about you license your characters to us, and we make toys, right? But the weird thing to me is Marvel was already in bed with Hasbro. Like, they were licensing comics for G.I. Joe um transformers i think there, was there a mask comic i can't remember anyway lots of toy lines that marvel was publishing right comics for and and they had their own animation house they were doing some of the animation for these shows too uh and then to jump to mattel and have them make these garbage action figures garbage garbage Okay. But this was the impetus for this first super crossover series mega event, Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars. Mattel said we want to sell some toys, and why to modernize some of these some of these characters? Make Doctor Doom stop looking like he's wearing medieval armor. We want all these high tech things. We want
11: vehicles, and vehicles, bases. And
7: bases. You know, those high-margin items that we can make a lot of money on. And Jim Shooter said, well, this is going to be a tough job. There's only one man that can do it, and that's me and my giant ego. So he took it upon himself to write this thing. And to his credit, I think he hired a fantastic artist to draw it. Mike Zeck, one of the best of the 80s. Yep. uh, Drew, I think, my favorite Spider-Man story of all time. The uh the last hunt, Craven's last hunt. Oh, Sean. You've read it, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> remember
11: you know what happened?
9: I don't
7: remember.
11: I don't like Craven's last hunt because I read it on like the sunniest hot summer day outside. Mm. Oh. And it was not the right mood, so you were like, Sean, you have to read this like when it's a dreary rainy night, thunderstorm, yeah. set the mood. And I think when I did that, I liked it a lot more, but wow. My first read of Craven's last hunt, I got done and was like, I'm never trusting the internet again. (laughs) Wow. Well, um, we'll give it another
7: seven years and see how you feel then. Yeah. Maybe you'll come to your senses about that, too. I
11: said I liked it the second go-around. You did. did. Much like I I tolerated Secret Wars a little bit more this Mm go-around. But the first time I ever read it, I was like, hoo boy. No way. And then the second time, I was like, there's so many words, but he's not really saying anything? Yeah. Yeah.
7: That's. I mean, that was kind of the time. Like, Claremont was the big writer uh, for Marvel,
11: and... Claremont knows how to tell a tale. He
7: does. He knows how to paint a picture. But Claremont wasn't drawing for the distinguished competition at fourteen years old. True. The shooter was.
2: No, like and I think it wrote went himself to his head. Into he there. did.
7: <laughs>
11: all right. Um, but uh, so here's basically for those of you that it haven't... reads like a fourteen-year-old suddenly was like, "Hey, all my toys from here, all my toys from here." irregardless of how they've been being written for years. He kitbashed this stuff. Ooh, I almost did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no Got, minutes. Got to keep it PG for the Marvel noise audience. That's right. So, um, basically, show. what
7: happens here is a whole butt ton of Marvel heroes, 21 in all, are put on a spaceship In some far-flung galaxy. And they're like, how did we get here? This is crazy. And then they see another spaceship that's full of villains. But, so here is... Okay, first I want to point out... I'm going to show this to you because I just paged to it. This I bought this copy of issue one used. Okay. And, like, every panel of this issue, (laughs) some kid went through and scribbled out the thing's eyes. Like, angrily through the paper. And in a couple pages, he did it to Reed Richards, too. Somebody hates the Fantastic Four. Wasn't me, I swear.
11: Well, I like the Fantastic Four. Yeah,
7: me too. So, uh, good guys, you're talking Avengers, you're talking Fantastic Four, you're talking Spider-Man, and you're talking our boys, the X-Men. That's right. But there's a surprise member of the cast, and it's Magneto. And on the other ship, you got a lot of the big bads. You got Doctor Doom, Galactus, Kang. I mean, these are heavy hitters. And then uh, uh, the Absorbing Man, who to me has always been a pretty terrifying enemy, and and the Wrecking Crew, Enchantress, because you got to have some cheesecake. Yeah. And but here's here's the thing that I think makes this story interesting. What the whole thing hinges on, and it's X Men centric. I think we both agree um, that Shooter writes
11: this with a negative X-Men bias. 100%. Yeah. It's almost like him and Claremont got into a big kerfuffle years ago about the death of Dark Phoenix, and now yeah. this is his chance to just <laughs> yeah. stomp all over the X-Men for a couple of issues. That's right. And we'll get to how he handles writing women like the Wasp. A oh, bit. yeah. You know, I think he's the reason that I never really liked the Wasp as a kid. Okay, so I was going to ask, since, like, my comic book history, for the most part, was the only time I ever really read the Avengers was when, or any other Marvel superheroes, was when they would cross over with the X-Men. Right. And then I started getting into stuff, and I mean, I've read my fair share. I know in in my most recent reread, when I was missing Jerry... I went and read every single Avenger's appearance that Beast was in. Mm-hmm. and so I uh, he was so good for that book. He was. Maybe not the best Avenger, but right. like best teammate. Yeah, you know? I know. they need uh I named my kid after him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you did. And now they've done him dirty for Aww. years. I knew. I knew right when I was naming him, where I was going to have to be like, when we have the talk, I've got to be like, he was an Avenger, a new Defender, an X-Man. He quit the Avengers to come back and rescue his family. Mm-hmm. And then in most recent years, they've just turned him into Dark Beast. Yep. It's a real bummer. Anyways.
7: Eminent drew him really cool, though. That horn. What? Yeah.
11: In the Bendis stuff? In the Bendis go back in time, this is where he starts turning into a big pile of crap. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. He, he look cool? No. <laughs> That's all I'll
7: say about it. He hasn't
11: looked cool since the 90s. Yeah. The second okay. Frank the Shakes quietly got a hold of him. <laughs> every character squiggles. Mashed potatoes. What's that? Dr. Katz? Every Frank (laughs) Quietly issue looks like Dr. Katz. Okay. Okay, you leave my boy alone. I'm sorry if this hurts Jerry's standing amongst any artist circles. No. These opinions are Sean Pigeon's alone. They are. Well, they're probably not yours alone, but I disagree. You do.
7: I do. That's
11: what broke us up in the first place.
7: (sighs) Yeah, we never did talk about the fact that we had that huge argument about Frank Quietly. You know, table flip. Yeah, I was like, "You take it back." <laughs> he wouldn't take it back. Still hasn't. I will not. Uh, so I I wanted to mention, and I could wait, but I'm going to do it now. Um, the first time I ever went to the comic shop on my own, I bought off the rack Secret Wars number eight. Wow. Spider-Man's first appearance in the black costume.
11: That's the first time you ever went to a comic book store I, by yourself? My older
7: brothers uh, collected comics, and I read every issue they had. I loved them, but that was my only exposure to comics for the first 10 years of my life, or what, 8 years? I don't remember. It would have been 84, 10 years. 84, I go to the shop. I bought that off the rack, and Uncanny One Eighty. Eight, I think, where they're one eighty seven? I don't remember. Uh the New Mutants uh Sleepover issue, which was twenty one. I think so. And uh Avengers it was a double sized issue, I wanna say two fifty, but I don't think that's right. Where they fight What the hell is that guy's name? So this giant robot guy, Maelstrom or something. Okay. I don't want anybody to know. I don't remember that. Anyway, um, yeah. So this this series was like one of the first things I bought on my own. So like, you go from they stopped collecting maybe four years before that. So my and the last thing I read was Dark Phoenix Saga, and then get thrown into this. I don't know who Rogue is. Uh, I don't know who half these characters are, and but so it really was my first issue, you know, and, and that whole thing where you reset every issue, that helped me become a reader. But what I really want to talk about at the start of this is they throw all these guys together, and it turns out that it's a really interesting math problem. Because if you count how many villains there are, and you count how many heroes there are, there's 21 heroes, and there are, I, I think there's 14 villains? And so there's a lot more heroes, but there's seven X-Men. And the first thing that happens is they get an argument about Magneto And Magneto's like, I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. And the X-Men are like, yeah, we're going with you. X-Men are out. Now the teams are even. And the X-Men are a wild card. And you've got Professor X on the one hand saying, we have to be good. We're heroes. And Magneto's like, those guys treated me badly. They suck. We're better than them. Let's act like we're better than them. And so it's like, as a kid... It's like a razor's edge. You don't know which way the X-Men are going to go. They could end up on either side depending on who wins that fight. Right? So, um, that and that is something that I didn't pick up on until this last reread. Just that, uh, like, I always, like, I knew they were their own team kind of doing their own thing because they weren't getting along with the Avengers and FM. Yeah. But uh, the fact that, like, they swung the balance one way or the other, depending on uh, who they decided to side with, was, I thought, an important um, uh, factor in the whole story that uh, the end. That's the end of
11: my rant. Okay. I'm into it. I see it. Respond. I, I mostly just thought it was them trying to sideline the X-Men once again. <laughs> I'm coming from a real cynical place. Yeah, well, that's, so how, that's, actually that's good... how I
7: always read it. And we yeah. talked
11: about that before the reread
7: was how we thought Shooter did them dirty. But, right. Um, you might be onto something. I Maybe I want to give him a little bit of credit. Like, maybe he thought that through. I think the math supports that theory. All right. The fact that the numbers without the X-Men make the teams equal. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's what he intended.
11: I think that was his intent. Well, let's move forward. Okay. So following that guideline, that way we can be a little nicer to shooter. So they, they end up
7: on the, on this planet that, uh, someone, the beyonder, uh, this crack in space appears and a, a voice says, I am from beyond and it's basically like, kill everybody in the other spaceship and whatever you desire will be yours. And uh, the, the bad guys, of course, think, well, that's a great idea. Yeah. And the good guys are like, well, of course we're not going to do that. That's terrible. And then Beyonder, or I'm sorry, Galactus is like, well, how about if I just kill you and take what I want, Beyonder? And so he flies through the crack and uh he gets smacked down hard galactus so you know right away that whoever this beyonder is he's pretty powerful and and uh they're probably gonna have to play along if they want to get out of this alive so then the the x this is where the x-men have their breakup with the good guys and they storm off and everybody ends up on their own base Basically, the bad guys get this gigantic sweet base with 75 floors or whatever it is. And the good right. guys get their base. And the X-Men find their own cool base yep. with 79, 99
11: out this Christmas, 1984.
7: Yep. yep. I don't remember seeing any of those play sets. <laughs> no. I
11: it think... was just the, the one wave of figures that sunk like a stone. Everybody had shields,
7: Sean. What, I know. I've got what an was uno- that? I've
11: got an unopened Doctor Doom sitting in my house right now.
7: Th- that I'm gonna say. For, well, I'll get to it later. Uh, well, did I miss anything important? I didn't miss anything important. There's there's big fight in the beginning. Yeah. It's... As soon as they get down there, there's a huge fight. Uh, Kind of a stalemate. They use
11: ray guns and stuff they normally wouldn't because you had to sell those accessories. Yes. It's pretty apparent as an older fella. I imagine if I was like ground floor, kid already reading comic books, and I came into this in the summer of 84, and the tigers are kicking ass, and everything's going great in my little life, I'd probably be like, oh my god, every single hero, every single villain, I love it. I'm eating it up. However... That's not you. It's a little rough. Yeah. I, like, I feel like yeah. the reverence of it always needs to be kind of padded with... And I. this is coming from a place of a person who has had to, like, eat their own words of, like, the stuff I grew up with is the best. Uh-huh. I can actively look at that and know that I was wrong. I would hope that someone that was like, Sacred Wars, The Bee's Knees... Could now yeah. be willing to admit that perhaps building an entire 12 issue storyline along with a <laughs> double like sized finale around we want to sell some toys uh-huh. uh didn't work out so well. Yeah.
7: Well I I I wanna say that I still find it fun and harmless. Sure. I mean this is this is definitely a self-contained story where nearly everything and everyone comes out of it unharmed. Except for someone who wasn't there at yeah. all. No kidding. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> which, which we will get to. Um,
11: and this but, one might have been self-contained, but the idea of doing a sequel and making oh. it cover oh. every single book, it's tough.
7: Yeah. One thing I, I forgot that I thought he did that was clever um was very first thing on the when the bad guys show up in the ship is ultron like tries to pick on galactus yeah and galactus just snuffed him like a candle yeah so that could, like if you know ultron and you know how powerful ultron is and you know that galactus just takes him out without barely a thought and then you watch galactus fly out and try to take on the beyonder who does the same thing to him that he did to ultron it, you get like a really quick lay of the land of like wh- what the power levels are for every all the big yeah. players involved and i thought that was cool um, because for me as a kid the best moments were always uh, finding out who was who wins in a fight that's why the good guys always fight each other when they meet. When they meet. You gotta know which one's who's gonna win the fight, right? That's why the, the Zek cover with um Wolverine scraping Captain America's yeah. SHIELD. Like we talked about that on the bus for like the whole ride home one day. Like everybody was so excited to see it happen. and wanted to find out That's awesome. uh, like what was gonna happen when they when that actually took place so um anyway i completely digress so uh dr doom actually revived ultron and turned him into his personal bodyguard
11: yeah because in doom's base he's clearly got things that can do all sorts of stuff which doesn't make any sense to me the technology
7: is so advanced they can't understand it but it's also so advanced that anybody can
11: use it (laughs) they never explain anything titanium just shows up yeah Uh, battle world pulled in part of Colorado
7: yes yeah Uh, and good thing it did because it gave us one new hero spider woman the new spider woman now madam web and uh, and it gave us two new villains one who is currently being featured in the fabulous sensational she hulk disney plus show that we both love so much Uh, so let's see. Uh, issue
11: three. Oh no. We're just, I'm just jumping around. Oh no. Issue three. Um, this is the one where I'm going to have to hear about it from every Spider-Man fan ever. Oh yeah. Uh, issue three.
7: Magneto has taken the wasp, uh, as a hostage or prisoner or something. And, uh, she she like he he like seduces her yeah it's real he's doing like the come hither on the recliner and she comes hither and she seems like she's really into it but she's just playing them all along the x-men come along and they're talking to him wait am i getting this out of order wait The,
11: no, that doesn't the, happen the, yet. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah.
7: Before that happens. She's he,
11: into it right now.
7: Yeah. The X Men are talking about whether or not they should go seek out Magneto. Love that panel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. And Spider Man comes along. He's like, oh, what are, what are these voices? What's going on? I'm going to hide in the shadows like a little punk and eavesdrop on this personal conversation.
11: Right? And he hears half of it. Yep. Make, Jumps to conclusions. This is straight up sitcom Spider-Man at his best. Just doesn't know what he's doing. And,
7: jumps uh, in there. He jumps in there, starts webbing everybody up and being a pest, and then he's like, I'm going to go tell my dad on you. And so he does, and the X-Men are like, well, I guess the only thing we can do is get the heck out of here and go be with Magneto. And um, so Magneto and the Wasp have some relations of some manner Yeah, there's
11: a storm going on and they pull a the whole baby it's cold outside they do and somewhere
7: um for the older readers somewhere nick fury is taking a phone off the hook if you know what i mean so uh then yeah these two women appear out of nowhere and <laughs> no, dr no. doom imbues them with superpowers yep. giving us Volcana and titania
11: so Titania? easy he's is just she... like he's like yeah we just uh we just grabbed these people from the bit of colorado that's been sucked into battle world uh-huh and that's what you do man they were i guess these two were like friends or roommates from the old
5: neighborhood and what's
11: what's titania's real name is like rita skeeter skeeter <laughs> Is that, is that, I yeah, that yeah, she was a newspaper writer for the, oh, okay. the Magical I'm in the, I'm in the midst of reading <laughs> Harry Potter out loud to the little guy. Uh-huh. He doesn't know what's going on, but yeah. I've never read him before, so this is my thing. It, is that or shake him? Yeah, yeah.
7: One or the other. There's no in-between. So we're Rita Skeeter in it. Uh, so the, the important thing you need to know about these two, one has volcano powers, one is super-duper strong, and she has a chip on her shoulder and wants to pick a fight with everybody. Yeah. And nobody wants to give her the time of day. They don't care. They're not impressed. But the sad thing is the volcano just like a normal woman's body, right? In the whole series I don't know where everybody <laughs> calls her fat. Oh, it is yeah. so boke, man. Yeah. I I mean I'm, I we agree I'm not a woman, but uh I I I felt self-conscious myself on yeah. her own behalf for the rest of my life after that. Um, I think she looks fine. Anyway, she oh, falls. Add her, add her to the old yeah. dusky goddess oh, files. Oh yeah, the thick goddess. She's the thick, thick goddess. Uh, <laughs> but she falls hard for the molecular man,
11: which is another character I just.
7: Molecule I Man? I, mean, I, I screwed yeah. that up. You did.
11: Molecule but it's okay. Man. What's the they might be giant songs? It's Particle Man. Particle Man. Um he's this
7: guy's better than Particle Man. Sure. That's all you need to know. Uh so what, and, what did they call him he, in this
11: issue? A milksop
7: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So his whole deal is uh he the was maniacal therapy. and he had these these powers that he could like manipulate matter to make whatever he wants, um, but he got better. He got therapy, and he was like working through his issues, and he was setting aside violence and trying to be a better person. And then they stick him in a room full of villains, right. and they're like, "You're the most powerful one. You got to do some badass stuff." And and uh, and he didn't want to. And that's all I want to say about that. Yeah. That's um, that issue, man. So the
11: next showdown
5: is, Number a,
7: four.
11: is a big one. That classic cover. Some really classic covers in this series. I'll give it that, too. Yeah. Because, like, is great. One's great. Eight's great. Ten's great. I think ten's great. Ten is one of the best covers of all time. Right? One of the best of
7: all time. I I will fight you if you disagree. No, I think I'm with you. But the interesting thing is, 4 is a cover drawn by Bob Layton, not by Mike Zeck. Oh.
5: Uh,
7: and in fact, uh, this issue, um, Zeck, more than likely, fallen behind because the, the good artists are always the slow artists. So uh, Layton comes in to fill in on a few issues. And uh, the issue starts off with the bad
11: guy's bass blowing up because they got to find a new base eventually so they can have another toy yeah uh and
7: this is this is after a fight with the avengers right and the avengers or the the heroes are are running away yeah and they start uh lobbing trash at at the heroes (laughs) trying to pick them off and and the molecule man's like well how about if i just drop an entire mountain range on top of them
11: This is where I was like, this is the work of a small child who's just like, you know what I'm going to do? Just squish him with this mountain out of nowhere. And you're like, that doesn't make any sense, you little bastard. No, uh, it's horrifying. Um,
7: And uh, Thor is about to kiss the Enchantress and fall under her spell when the mountain range lands, shakes the earth. And he's like, what's going on? She's like, let's go find out. And... They show up, and they are all the bad guys. Yeah, and Thor is like, "Okay, Enchantress, we can take them, right?" Right? And she kind of looks sadly away, like, "I don't know you." <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell she feels guilty, and she right? wants to help, but she knows it's a lost battle. So, um, so they fight, and uh, it looks like Thor gets disintegrated, but he just cleverly gets away you know who does get disintegrated though is kang in issue four kang the conqueror gotta move him off the board he is off the board 100 and then we get
11: the x-men in a vehicle that we can sell to kids parents Uh uh-huh we could have and colossus is daydreaming about kitty
7: oh he misses her
11: so much so
7: much and she's not there she didn't she didn't get pulled in with the rest of them. Because Shooter's got it out for her. Do you... Because she, she had to be 18, right? Yep. So we know Sue Storm's not there because she's pregnant. Because Shooter hates women. And Shooter hates women. He probably doesn't fine. No. I, we could say that, though. If
11: you want to score a point. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that what the kids do these days? Yeah. you yeah. see what sticks. Let's just... Yeah, let's just say this about Shooter. See if we can take him down. Let's cancel him. <laughs> Cancel Shooter hashtag. We're going to get canceled. Cancel Shooter.
7: Dude. I'm so canceled. I know. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if I'm canceled or not. But yeah, so Kitty is not there. And Colossus is missing her a lot. And they're laying it on thick because those are the foundation of his story arc in Secret Wars. The writing's already on the wall. (laughs) But you get a, a nice overhead shot of Magneto's base, which is my favorite location. If there was ever a supervillain base, this is it. This this thing—it's like two big arms and hanging suspended over a a field of red, menacing tentacles. I like it. I think it's cool. It's exactly the. If it was lava, that's the only thing that could make it more perfect for Magnus. He had a perfect lava base. Well, so they wrecked that. Thanks a lot, X-Men. Uh, so they show up,
11: and that's when the Wasp pulls her fast it, one. You know, you're glossing over why this is so ridiculous. You keep on... She makes <laughs> Magneto build her a comb. <laughs> Did she ask We've for got one? Pa- no, I, oh, maybe he just does it. No, she says... He, he knows like, this is his pimp move right here. He's this this is the one that
7: gets he, all
11: the ladies. He already got her. Dude, look at her. This is In the one that, that fourth keeps all the panel, ladies. she's trying to get out of bedhead. That's what she's doing right there. Oh. She's got some sex hair going on there. Oh no. And that's why he made the comb. Because he's all roughed it up. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She's been face down in the sheets. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> got that out for the PG nope. normal noise nope. no no edits. edits so yeah he makes her comb then he starts making himself a uh, post-coitus love. drink yeah no
7: cigarette Looks too bad that would have really been painting a picture probably right
11: <laughs> um so then the x-men bust in yeah and he's like i'm trying to get wasp here to join my side do you mind couple of quick thrusts and she's <laughs>
7: <ours>. <laughs> it didn't really work out that way it so, did not so first we get and this had to enrage you because it enraged me first we get spider-man mopping the floor yep. with the x-men furious then we get the wasp mopping the floor
11: with the x-men furious they've done she's got to be dehydrated <laughs> this shouldn't happen happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she's gone. She, yeah, I mean, they, look, makes like buff- run they look like buffoons. Like, they're all falling over each other. Yeah, Like, Cyclops, Wolverine, and Colossus in this look like the Three Stooges. It's ridiculous. And then, of course, she escapes in one of the cartoon vehicles that they want to sell your children. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing. She the can't shuttle? drive. Oh, And yeah. she's like, oh, if only the fellows were here to help steer. It's real bad. Her chauffeur drove her. She was rich. <laughs> That's true. See, this is why I brought up the Beast Avengers. Because really, like, past Avengers, other than reading, like, Corvex Saga and being like, man, not my cup of tea. Or the Crease Scroll Roller and being like, "Ah, oh, not my cup of tea. And then slowly but surely after I've read every single supposedly great Avengers story, I'm like, I don't think it's my cup of tea. I don't think I'm into it. I like the characters, but like every story that's supposed to make me love the characters, I don't really get it. And I think it's because it's like a governmental team, you know, there's quorums, all that stuff. Yeah. I like the family aspect of that, which probably says something about my psyche. And if I were to go into Molecule Man's therapist, they'd unravel all of that. But like the the Avengers stories don't stick with it. I love the Fantastic Four. Like enjoyed everything I've ever read of the Fantastic Four, but Avengers stories just like don't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. I get why people like them, but like I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And so I was like, and most of the Avengers stuff I guess I've read didn't have Wasp in it. So when I was reading this, mm-hmm. I was like, is this how she always is? Because this sucks. There were periods Ugh. where she was like this. Yikes! Yeah, she's. Uh, this is where I realize how much like Claremont was like ahead of some of the like that that like I know it's taken me far too long to realize that, but like when I was a kid, it was like, I just wanna read the characters. I yeah. didn't care what was going on, yeah, but now it's like you realize, oh, there's varying degrees of how good someone is at this particular job, uh-huh, so yeah, so basically, wasp can't drive Shocker. <laughs> no, that was earlier. <laughs>
7: uh,
11: so uh, she has
7: escaped. She's in the middle of nowhere. Can't drive. It was Doesn't Mattel.
11: There was an ad. Aha! There was an ad for the toys.
7: Yeah, mail away. Cut a hole in your comic. Yeah. Send in this thing, and maybe we'll send you something back.
11: So yeah, then Hulk is holding up the mountain. Yeah. That's been dropped on him. Everybody's trying to figure out ways out of there. So they're gathering Hawkeye's arrows. And Spidey has to give up his web shooters. So now he's useless. But according to Jim Shooter, could probably still take all of the X-Men. Oh, yeah. Just drop them off on Krakoa. Yep. See him take everybody out.
7: Yeah.
11: All right. Probably.
7: Uh, Now, there was that... uh... I can't remember if we discussed this on the show ever, but there was a page i think it was a page in a comic was it one of the x-men annuals where they had like tiers of different strength levels I'm and sure. and with like the characters standing on those tiers with like the hulk at the top yeah and um spider-man was on a higher tier than colossus if i remember that
11: right all right i mean i mean colossus his... was getting jobbed left and right by Ooh. moses magnum yeah <laughs> He's just, the a only, boy. he was only, the only 18 years old. The only thing Colossus could fight was a tree. Oh. And he demolished some trees Somewhere in his time. a tree did him wrong. Yeah. Because
7: he hates those things. But yeah, so Mr. Fantastic, being the fantastic mister that he is, yeah, he grabs all this uh, tech circuitry from Iron Man and Hawkeye, and apparently there's microcircuits in the web shooters for some reason. Yep in nineteen eighty two. Uh, and he fashions some kind of supercharger for Iron Man's armor that allows Captain Marvel and nope, not that Captain Marvel. And the human torch to Miss
11: Marvel. She wasn't no she was Captain yeah, Marvel. Yeah, this is Captain Marvel. This is Monica Rambeau, Captain yeah, Marvel. She went by Captain She gets Marvel. out of there through the light. Yeah. And they blow a hole in there in the side of that mountain. Out of the
7: side of the mountain. And, and Thor was trying to get him out. He was trying to dig him out. And they were like, oh, we heard a weird tapping noise. He was like, tapping? I was hitting one? those rocks as hard as I could!
2: Tapping!
11: That's the best Thor impression I've ever heard. <laughs> Verily. Yeah. <laughs> Verily, that was the best Thor impression Dude. I've ever heard.
7: Kiss mine butt.
11: So, yeah. Then they wind up in a village.
7: Yes, we're introduced to some native village yeah and here they comes... refer to them as native but i mean is anybody native on this planet it's made from yeah chunks of a bunch of different
11: planets yeah but say i don't know what they're doing oh, i think it's racist that's what meet jerry's number one all-time comic crush no i mean she's fine
7: but i resent her
11: i do too uh this is the worst so this uh
7: they're introduced to this healing character uh her name is Saji? How would you pronounce it? Uh, Tramp. Yes. (laughs) Old bitch.
11: That old bitch. That old bitch. (laughs) So uh,
7: she heals members of the the hero team, including the She-Hulk and Johnny Storm. And uh, he falls head over heels in love with her after she heals him. What an idiot. Well, uh, I, I mean, it's stated explicitly in the books, but I never, I started with issue eight. So as a kid, I missed all that backs like the, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like the backstory where it turns out like her healing magic or whatever it is, like gives you a, like, uh, love response. Right. To it's her. a
11: dragon you want to chase.
7: Yes. Yeah, and it
11: goes for everybody. Like, everybody's like, oh. Yeah, this, um, this makes it real easy for none of this to make sense. Oh, wh- Colossus just, he's into her, Johnny's into her, everybody's into her because uh-huh. of reasons. Well,
7: um, yeah, so uh, Johnny being the most pliable and horny of the bunch, um, he, he goes after her. And we're yeah. only on episode five. We need to get yeah, moving here.
11: Do. So finally, so episode the, so issue the, five. Wait, the, at the end of issue four, <gasps> Reed is like, well, everybody else is like, who's this new chick? Reed's like, uh, guys, Galactus is doing his thing, guys. Uh-oh. I shouldn't gloss over that. Yeah. So Galactus has brought his ship into orbit above Battle World. Yeah. And he's now like... I'm out of here. I'm going to eat this planet. F all, 'all. y'all. Uh-huh.
7: And they, they make a point to mention that his home planet is like his home world slash spaceship is like 250 million miles away. But it fills the sky. This thing is so big. It fills the sky from that far away.
11: Uh, parents held tighter kid. to their wallets as this explanation was made. Make the base bigger. <laughs> Christmas is coming. <laughs> we one... want this thing to be the USS flag. I was going to make the USS <laughs> flag. I didn't think you'd get the reference. Good job. I was born in 81. Yeah. I didn't have one, Me
7: but either. I've seen it.
11: Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm like, I wonder if I could scratch together enough money to get myself one. And then there's some doctor out there that's like, "Nope," slaps you down. Yeah, Psh, I think uh, I think there's one at Time Travelers. <gasps> yeah, and then you just have to deal with that the guy, the Great Satan. Uh, don't touch the books, fellows.
5: <laughs>
7: <laughs> oh, Let man. me just
11: look up the price, guy, to see the price.
7: The only store that's you feel like you're in the guy's house, like in his living room, touching yeah. his stuff.
11: How are you gonna sell anything like I that? I got an off-air time traveler
7: story. Of course you do. So let's see. Uh, let's get uh, What is is that what we're calling her? Zhajan. Oh, she he tries to say so. She's got this uh, smoke bottle. Yeah. Uh, that she opens up and it lets them yeah. see each other's thoughts. Yeah. And uh,
11: he They're, tries to piece her name together. He, says, her and Johnny are on drugs. That's yeah, what's happening. here. Yeah. Yeah. She gets Johnny high. The great opium palace of <laughs> yeah. Battle This This part of Battle World. Uh, and so then Johnny explains everything. This is just in case you just hopped in in issue number five. Uh-huh. If you had picked up five instead of eight, you would have gone on this Johnny Storm drug trip and you would have known exactly what was here. Uh huh. So then that cuts. She basically is like, This is what's going on. She fills him in and he's like, Oh, I love you. Johnny yeah. is an idiot. Uh-huh. I side with the Yancey Street gang and Ben Grimm all the time now. Johnny's an idiot He's under her spell man I mean she
7: she's not that she's doing it maliciously I know I think she views this as part of the healing process for those who need sure all kinds of healing but yeah while they're in love
11: they then cut to Colossus who once again is lamenting how much he misses Kitty. And then Xavier comes and mind blasts him out of that. Peeps into his private thoughts. Which Xavier is like, I know he's a jerk, but like shooters got him like even more jerky than he normally is. So what we've got here is a professor leg. Professor legs. (laughs) Professor
7: legs. (laughs) (laughs)
11: Professor X has newly functioning legs. And anytime Um, Professor X isn't crippled, He's an asshole. Oh, yeah.
7: Yeah, so he wants you might have to... to... edit
11: that. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Steve. What time? I don't know.
7: 50 minutes.
11: We gotta go. Holy
7: cow. No edits.
11: No edits. Except for that one. Sorry, Steve. Uh, Let's just... Let's skip on ahead, man. Oh, it's Mallory and...
7: Stuff happens.
11: Owen. They're getting in a fight. Not Mallory and Owen. Owen is the Molecule Man, right? I'm saying, the, like, isn't that his first name? Uh-huh. Yep. Whew. So, uh... He basically takes out the wrecking crew. He finally snaps, and so then everybody else is like, hey, you're cool. Then we get back to Doom and Enchantress hanging out. And then everybody's trying to figure out, like, Reed's basically like, can I talk to Galactus? Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, he's like, I finally kind of got this idea. I saved his life once. Yeah. He's like, we can... We can reason with him, see what's going on. And so he drops some what is it, like sentry out of his ship to punch the Hulk? Yeah. Just just one of his trinkets. Yeah. Another like... Get this at the toy store, kids. 5999. The sentry. The robot sentry that looks like every other robot out there in the nineteen eighties. We're just gonna It's in three panels. <laughs> doesn't matter well we want the kids parents to buy it so the heroes knock that out uh the x-men show up all over the place uh they've got the uh
7: the wrecking crew weak from a, a previous battle right and they jump on them and um colossus takes a shot to the ribs from the wrecker and is hurt pretty badly uh and Cyclops zarks, him, zarks them all, and they run. And, but Colossus needs healing badly. Of course and he does. They take him to Saji, and they're going to wish they hadn't. We're going to wish they hadn't. Because she heals him, and he says, Ooh, that feels good. Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Ooh, that feels good. Thank you. I love you. Not yet, but it's coming.
11: It is. Faster than Johnny Storm. (laughs) So now we're on to issue six. And we're back with Wasp, who can't drive. She can't.
7: She crashes her ship. Yep. Throws a temper tantrum. Blows the ship up. She
11: not even Throws a temper She's throwing a temper tantrum because she broke her nail. And doesn't have an emery board. Oh, man. There's this probably is, one in that ship. I don't understand why they why they do this to her. Uh, she runs into the lizard. Yep. Who's found himself a nice swamp on Battleworld and is wanting her to leave him alone. But they become friends. They find Claw, who's insane. Doctor Doom revives Claw. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Uh... Probably with the same machine that he just created Volcana and yeah. Titania out of. So we get some brief Dazzler in here where they give a history of what happened. Oh, how and she went, absorbed dude, him. I read the Dazzler stuff that we were supposed to. I loved it. Everything about it. I loved the Dazzler series. Yeah. Read it twice in its entirety. I loved it. Thought it was great. And did did that happen in that series? Yeah. Yeah. Was when she, it sweet? You know, when she fought Galactus yeah no i mean all of it was absurd and weird but i think it gets a super bad rap i also liked power pack i read all the power pack dude i love power i enjoyed power pack immensely yeah i I read like i'm a hundred and something issues into alpha flight and sorry pal
7: none of it you didn't like any
11: of it they barely even get the team off the ground before Burns gone and he's yeah. like kneecapped him horribly. And then it is just constantly like, okay, hey, we're the team, but then the government steps in and it's like, yeah, it's yeah. not my bag. I I tried hundred and something issues and I'm going to finish it and I'm going to read some new versions of it too. But it, it, I was reading it at the same time as power pack and I, I, I leaned more towards power pack. Wow. You big baby. Yeah, I guess so. It's what softened me up for the eventual having a kid. I was like, let's have a power pack.
7: That's fair. So Colossus now is uh, highly conflicted because uh, he still misses Kitty, but when he tries to picture her, all he can picture is Saji. Yeah. And then she comes into the room, and he's like, oh oh no, I shouldn't, I'm I'm. I'm undressed, you shouldn't be looking at me. And she places
11: her hands on his chest and
7: he's hers. Yep. But here comes Johnny Storm
11: Swoops sweeping in, her off her feet. Takes her out. Storm and Xavier getting into an argument because Storm's like, hey, Professor Legs, I'm tired <laughs> of you ordering people around. I'm the leader of the X-Men. So and he's like, I have legs it. now, Yeah, so and I you better be get there? used to it. They should be out there in the field. And
7: then uh, cut back to the wasp and the new adventures of wasp and lizard. And they're really getting along, and he's, she's going to help him fix his boo-boo. Yeah. And then she gets shot right through the
11: breasticle. Yeah. Not through only... a tree. Yeah. Lizard goes insane, and not only does she get shot... But the X-Men run into Molecule Man. And Wolverine, of course, does what Wolverine does. Doesn't listen to Cyclops when he's given an order. And it's just like, I got these claws. I gotta use them. So he goes to attack Molecule Man. Slices him up. Probably would have ended him. Yep. Which probably was a good idea. Probably was. So maybe Cyclops was wrong in that. Should have just let Wolverine do what he needed to do. Yeah. So then, where they were... Cyclops blasts a hole into it, and suddenly it's a volcano. Probably because they wanted to sell a volcano base. Right. I would have bought a volcano base, though. So
7: they're there because they followed the wrecking crew there. Because the Molecule Man was going to do something there. So they're trying to stop the Molecule Man. Wolverine goes to gut him. Cyclops zaps his elbow and throws his aim off, and he only, like, rips his side open. Yep. So he's going to bleed out slowly instead of being dead immediately. But then when the wrecking crew runs off to try to save the Molecule Man so that Doom doesn't kill them, um, Cyclops does the same thing they were going to do, and he makes the volcanoes all erupt. He's like, well, they must have been about to do this. Let's do it.
11: (laughs) So they do. Sean, they do. Jim Shooter, everybody. Well, you know what would be good here? A volcano eruption.
7: And then they follow that up with the wasp being murdered by pile driver. Was a pile yeah. driver that did it? Yeah. Shot, Shot her with a, a, gun, a gun from, from a giant those, tank.
11: From a giant tank vehicle thing that you can get for forty nine ninety nine. Sixty nine ninety nine. Got to got to move those units, boss. So yeah, once again, they're driving around in this ridiculous tank thing. Shooting everybody.
7: Yeah, they sh- they shoot the lizard. They're want they're supposed to bring the lizard back. So they shoot the lizard and the wasp with the stasis ray that like lifts the entire ground underneath them up and brings it into the tank, and that's important because um, uh, they they're like we'll just dump her in a field somewhere on our way back to base, and they do, <laughs> and the heroes find her and they're like, dang, they killed the wasp. Oh, and then uh, the Wrecking Crew runs into the X-Men again, and one of my favorite bits: Wolverine just takes absorbing man's like, "I'll absorb this rocks, so I'm tough," yeah. and Wolverine takes his arm clean off. <laughs> and like in the background, like for the next the the rest of the issue, just every once in a while you see Creel with, like. His one arm in his other arm, and it's still <laughs> holding his ball and chain. <laughs> and he's got this, yeah. like, worried, confused look on his face. Like, now what do I do? And meanwhile, the tension continues to build with Galactus. Like, what's this guy going to do? Yeah. Uh, she Hulk is super pissed when they find the wasp dead. And she says, she demands revenge says, no revenge, and she goes, I'll do it myself! And that's when she meets Titania. Titania? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and she got her butt kicked. And then the wrecking crew piled on and they beat her possibly to death. Cliffhanger. Who knows? Yeah. And, uh, Something. Oh, uh, yeah. So Cap is insisting that they they can't go look for She-Hulk. They can't leave their post. They're like monitoring um, Galactus, to, yeah, because he's building sense. this yeah. machine to eat the planet, and they got to be ready when he makes his move to counterattack. So that's when Xavier steps in. That's right. He's like Cap, we got you. And Cap's like, Let's go get those butchers. Yeah so it's on and we're on to the big one the issue everybody knows issue eight that's right amid the
11: chaos so my uh my story of getting this issue was i was in new york for new york comic-con in like 2008 or 2010 maybe somewhere around there and uh i went to meet stan lee and I met Stan Lee, and you know how much I love comic co- conventions. I So did. I was like, met Stan Lee, and then I was like, well, I'm out of here. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I went walking through the city, and I found some comic book store, and I wish I could remember the name of it, but I can't. But it was like upstairs in some building. It wasn't like a midtown upstairs. It was like some dude's like rickety old shop, and it was like on some street corner, and I just saw the sign. So I had to walk upstairs and like go in there, and the guy was so happy that someone was there and not at New York Comic Con. <laughs> and judging by the time period, it was just when the movies had started rolling out. Mm. So the secondary market for back issues had not re exploded like it did in recent years. Mm-hmm. So that guy was so happy that I was there and willing to go to a shop as opposed to just hang out at the comic book convention that he sent sold me this and Avengers Annual Number Ten for like forty bucks. Nice. Yeah. So that's Very where nice. Got this issue in New York. I'm not a fan of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's yeah. some more fighting in big bases that you can buy at your local toy store if this all works out. Yeah,
7: I mean, it, when I was ten, I was eating this up. I, I'm sure.
11: Know? I mean, again, I, it's not the I, Iron Man cracks me up because we know that it's James Rhodes, but I don't think he like knows anyone here so yeah like iron man is just full of self-doubt there's like doom's got his scheme scheme going on the wrecking crew's going through taking out everybody but then spider-man spider-woman winds up helping thing now can suddenly transform to human but it only happens at the worst possible worst possible times (laughs) so spider-woman saves him like the enchantress goes and she like seduces the hulk seduces is the wrong word but you know what i mean she does her thing she does i think seduces the right word sure and then captain america's like none of this and shields her right in the face yeah i don't know i think so then titania's like not used to how spider-man fights and the fact that clearly in jim shooter's world he's the greatest hero of all and his spider sense keeps him helps him evade everything it does one thing
7: i i I like about this series is that uh the stakes are higher and they're willing to cross some lines that they don't usually cross sure like uh wolverine and they show on panel wolverine slicing the molecule man open um here hawkeye uh comes face to face with thunderball yes thunderball and uh like shooting arrows at him, but missing it. He's like, Hey, those are warning shots. I'll mess you up if you come any closer. And he doesn't believe him and he shoots him in the shoulder. And the dude just like turns around and walks away, like, Oh my God, I've been shot. Oh my God.
11: <laughs> so good. But, uh, All right, I mean, I take we- it back. It's worth it just for the Lordy, I'm wounded. <laughs> Like, he's just in disbelief. Like, he's, he's never been hurt like that before. He's like the first Cobra sh- soldier that's ever actually been struck down by a G.I. Joe guy. And they're yeah. like, what the hell, man? Yeah, everybody just stops the fight. You just, all the shooting stops. Oh, uh, Carl took it too far. Don't you know you're going to go to prison for that? I'm telling you, I think I would have had a completely different view of this entire book if it was the first time I'd ever seen any of this stuff. But having seen them cross over before, like in stuff that came out obviously after, yeah. going back to this, it's just like, oh, well, this just seems... Yeah. It, yeah. Forced. This and is so a... then when you're older and you find out, oh, yeah, it was like, I mean, it's like when the Transformers movie happened. Ooh. And when you find out that that was just to sell toys, I'm like, Ooh. I really want to throw all my toys in the trash. Yeah. That's I kind of had the same
7: reaction. It's a heartbreaker. I... My little brother and I sat through that movie. Our mom dropped us off at the theater, and we came out
11: shell-shocked. Childhood PTSD, bro. When they just, oh, here's your favorite Transformers turning gray because they're dead. Don't mind this kick-ass Stan Bush soundtrack, kids. We're just, just, like, anytime somebody's like, that destroyed my childhood, I'm like, bro, clearly, in the summer of 86, you weren't at the multiplex watching Hot Rod become the new Optimus Prime.
7: Optimus Rod.
11: (laughs) So the heroes actually seem to feel bad that Molecule Man is messed up, and they go to actually kind of try to help out, which, I mean, is a good hero thing to do, at least shooters sticking with that but it's more of them basically just trying to get out of this base that's falling apart. Disagree. Right, this this
7: falls into the same category as your uh first opportunity you get to kill karma you would. You sure? Or, same Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like those there are some that There's oh, some that that
11: are a little bit too. It's
7: uh Who's the the Wolverine going to see that one kid and the um
11: grant morrison oh yeah yeah. the where he like finds him in the cave isn't that a that's an no this is um i I think you're thinking of an ultimate ultimate. it It was was an ultimate ultimate x-men issue yeah where the kids like in the cave and no he's
7: in his kitchen and they're they like they go out to find mutants new mutants and they're like bringing them back but then that kid they send wolverine to go find him yeah And he doesn't come back with them.
11: Yeah. Was that Morrison? I I think that was Morrison. I feel like it's an Ultimate X-Men issue. I I can't. Somebody just tell me. I'm really letting everybody down. Call in now.
7: 1-800-GX-POD.
11: Yep. So then everything gets under control. She-Hulk's in a stasis tube. They've got the lizard locked up, which, you know spider-man kind of feels bad about um zha (laughs) zha the (laughs) homewrecker she has like used all of her healing love abilities to what fix up the she basically brought the wasp back and so but that
7: was after trying once before right right she tried once and failed
11: yes so then she went back and like really did it and then she did it to wasp too to bring her back and that basically exhausts her mm-hmm. so she's out and so uh no heels no exactly heals. so wasp is all better she's alive and so then the x-men are monitoring galactus who pretty much is ready to do what he needs to do and then spider-man is not listening to the rules and he goes around and takes a look around and finds some alien goo yeah,
7: well, they everybody's costumes were in shreds. Yep, and they found a costume making machine. Everybody got their costumes fixed. He was like, Hey, where'd you get the new threads? And they're like, Uh, go in that room, it's one of the machines in there. He goes to the wrong machine, but he gets what he's looking for. He thinks we all think fancy new black costume. Can peel back
11: any part of it that he wants. It's got built in web shooters. Oh, yeah. The panel of him like having it like shorts and a shirt. And I'm just like, oh, this should have been the <laughs> end of it. Still got his right mask there. on, yeah. right?
5: Like
7: nice biker costume. Yeah. Bicycle. Oh, not to insult people that ride bicycles. Right?
11: I almost rode my bike over here just for old times, but I oh. was running too late. So yeah, then you know it's an assault on Galactus by the X-Men, and it goes about how well you would expect it to go. Yeah, they there are these uh, these ball things that shoot
7: force beams at them, and uh, they try to take one of them out, and it detonates like a nuke. And uh, the Avengers can see it from far away, and they're like, "Uh oh, yep, there goes the X-Men."
11: Yeah, then Spider-Man shows off his new costume and how happy he is to have webs again. James Rhodes basically explains nobody likes him because they know he's not Tony Stark, so he's going to show them. Reed's missing Sue. Mm -hmm.
7: Second kid on the way.
11: Yep. So then they go after Galactus, and Reed's like, do not attack him. This is not what we need to do. He's like, I need to go and talk to him. Work this out. And so he goes. He's in Galactus's place, and he's like, he shows him Reed. He shows Reed Sue pregnant with Valeria. It's Valeria, right? Yes. And uh, Franklin and Dooms like, oh, I got to figure out how to get out of this. It's
7: continuity question. Where are we on the Franklin Galactus thing? Are they the same person? I have no idea. It gets fuzzy. I, I thought that might have been part of the Hickman run.
11: I can't remember.
7: I can't remember either. I'm too old.
11: <laughs> Pack it in. No you need one. to be done with this. Yes. So then, during all that, we get the X Men going back to the village, and like Colossus is all jazzed because Zhaji has a. Woken up, and she runs right to Johnny Storm.
7: But not before humiliating Colossus because he thinks she's running towards him. Yeah, it's uh, it's, a... Really laying it on. So this is an unrequited thing at this point. Yep. Uh, He's feeling guilty, but starting to get past that. And now he just wants her bad. Doom slices claw into a thousand pieces to make giant lenses for some unknown purpose. And um, Reed's meeting with Galactus, he... Yeah. He's, he's, but it doesn't go doesn't the way that he wants do
11: it to. Do it. Yeah, he's basically like, this world's done. I'm going to power up the machine. And so he does. So they're all, like, he's trying to get to his ship, basically, to start the whole thing. Reed doesn't want that to happen, so they go to stop it, but it's too late. He fires up the thing, but then Doom fires up his machine and then you get a to be continued that's right Galac- uh, galactus instead of eating the
7: world reads like don't destroy his machine the machine doesn't matter he can still eat the world without it but he doesn't eat their world he eats his world yep and the amount of energy this thing's the
11: panel is in. pretty cool it's a one-page spread it looks sweet lots of kirby crackle, yep.
7: lots of colors.
11: It's everything you need. Um,
7: and he goes to absorb it all. And there's doom with all of his lenses. You're not going to get that power. I am such a good cover. Eps, uh, issue 10 against the Beyonder to the death. And this is just doom looking his most powerful and yet completely thrashed at the same time. He's, Cut all over. There's blood everywhere. His suits half peeled away. It just, like, the, the level of detail and noodling in the art is, like, not something you'd see a lot of. It's great. Back then, it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome cover. I could I actually bought a print of that one. Yeah? Yes. Couldn't resist.
11: uh Okay, so, um, Full disclosure, this is as far as I made it. I didn't have enough time, but I've read it before.
7: We're going to wrap it up, man.
11: Yeah. Uh, Doom steals
7: all the energy. Uh, He almost goes mad from the power that he now has. Uh, But he manages to pull it all back in. And then uh, he goes up against the Beyonder. And uh, he thinks he's going to be able to handle this. But he finds himself weakening and starting to get blown apart. Uh, and he goes to the aven- the the heroes and he's like, hey, guys. Like a, a holographic image of him appears and he's like, I'm about to beat the Beyonder. And if you guys just give me a little of your power, you can share in my victory. And, and he's in his cool new high-tech armor. That's right. And you see uh, Magneto kind of eyeing everybody else. And uh, he decides he's in. Yeah. And uh, everybody else is like, no way, man. And they tackle him. And uh, Doom disappears because he's getting torn to shreds by the Beyonder. Um, And Hawkeye's like, I told you this guy's no good. You get a nice Doom flashback of kind of his whole history. Yeah. And then uh, his armor and his body is stripped away. He's vivisected by the Beyonder.
11: And, um, the whole flashback of Doom is pretty sweet. Yeah. It's like a nice... Uh, Although, I have to admit, like the, the the high-tech armor works in the toy form, I guess, but it's nowhere near as interesting, I think. Although, on the cover, I think it's sweet. Because yeah. of all the yeah. bionics. Maybe he's still got know. the, like, the
7: yeah. drape, draping of uh, cloth over it. I think that looks cooler. You're right. Um... So the base is coming apart. Everything everywhere is coming apart. And uh, there's a big glowing object in the sky coming closer and closer. And suddenly, it's doom. He built a, a trap in his breastplate. And he triggered it and captured the Beyonders' power. And he declares from the deck of the Nimitz that the war is over. And then issue 11 and 12 happen.
11: Yep. We get Doom showing his true face in 11.
7: Yeah, he finally has the power to heal all the scarring. And he walks around with no mask on, and it's really weird. Um, And then, I guess, what are the big things that we need to touch on here? There well, really isn't... It's kind of a
11: weird... The Molecule Man goes to fight Doom. But he basically shows him, like, "Bah, you don't, like... You don't want to do this against me.
7: Yeah. So instead, he uh, makes a bubble, uh, and he takes that Colorado town back to Earth. Yep. Uh, and so there, there's a a lot of stuff of them all sitting in uh, Volcano's old apartment, and just riding the spaceship home. Um, and then the Beyonder uh, has possessed the Hulk, and then he passes from the Hulk. To Spider Woman, from Spider Woman to Claw, and now he's in a position to just mess with the Beyonder's head for or uh, Doctor Doom's head for a couple issues. Yeah. Colossus comes to Saji and brings professes flowers brings and her flowers.
11: his love like a chump,
7: and she's like, you know what, Johnny dump me. I'm all yours. Yeah. Uh, Doom brings Kang back to life, so Kang is back on the board. All the toys are getting put back in the toy box before the end. Uh, Colossus is totally into it now. He's he's uh, completely forgotten about Kitty. Doesn't have feelings for her anymore. Loves Saji. But then at the end, Cap calls a big meeting and he's like, Look, we could be struck by a bolt from the blue if we try to do anything. He could just incinerate all of us with a snap of his fingers, but we have to try to do something. But only if everybody at this table agrees that we're going to. And Colossus has the last vote and in tears he says, forgive me, Saji. I say yes, we fight.
11: Boom!
7: They explode. End of issue 11, and at the beginning of issue 12, we the find old
11: double-sized finale.
7: After the big bong, they're dead. They're all dead. They're really dead. Captain America's shield, I think for the first time in continuity, oh, really? is shattered. Wow. That is a big deal. Um, and basically, uh, so the Beyonder via Kang is just messing with Doom, trying to make him lose his cool, So because Doom's got his powers locked down, and because he's worried of what will happen if he loses his concentration or drifts off into sleep or whatever. and um, (laughs) uh, Claw spells out this whole scenario where Doom might accidentally cause the heroes to come back to life. And Doom's like, shut up, shut up, stop saying that. I might actually do it. (laughs) And he's like, but I won't, I'll never do that. And then Thor's hammer smashes through the wall. And he's like, "No, you made me do it. You made me bring them back to life. I'm gonna destroy them again." Uh, and so they fight these giant monsters. That uh, Doom gives Claw a little bit of his power, so that Claw can go stop them. Um, he makes all these monsters with you his. You think power. they were gonna
11: make the monsters into toys too?
7: Oh, I guess we're never gonna know. Somewhere there's a Tumblr or an Instagram that's got. Pictures of all the sure the art designs. Yeah, this for... is just
11: fighting monsters, which sounds cool, but somehow they make it. These last two issues are really anticlimactic. Ugh. I feel like it kind of ended with 10. Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
7: Uh, so it definitely didn't need a double issue. But Captain America fights his way through the monsters, kicks Claw down. You think Claw's defeated, but Claw lifts his head and smiles. Like this is his plan all along. Cap runs in, faces Doom. Doom says, you can never defeat me. Turns him to Ash.
5: And then he comes back. And he back. says, it's
7: over. But Cap comes back.
11: And he, and he turns him to, to, to Ash
7: again. And you wonder, like, does Cap remember this? Right. Or does he just, like, blink out of existence? Is he like, did I just die three times I, I horribly? This is going to feel a whole... <laughs> Uh But in the end, uh, Doom loses control. Loses the power. Uh, The Beyonder jumps out of Claw, reabsorbs it, becomes the Beyonder again. um, And sends the good guys home. But it's important to remember that the good guys are around because Saji revived... Who did he revive first?
11: She Yeah, she revives... Molecule Man? She revives Johnny. Molecule Man. Wasp.
7: No, it, at the end of, uh, at the beginning of the issue, they're all dead. But she, according to Claw's uh, story, oh, she re- she uses the last of her power to, uh, it gives her life to revive. Is it Colossus? It's Colossus, and then Colossus Reed... puts Reed in a healing chamber. Yeah, saves Reed, and then Reed is able to revive the rest of them. So Saji is now no more, and Colossus is grieving. And um, he doesn't know what to He doesn't want to go home because he doesn't want to leave her. But everybody else is like gathering up. And here we see uh, the X-Men have some new uniforms. Um, Professor Legs has a sweet Professor Legs gets his yellow tights with the big black X. It's like the, the reverse New Mutants, almost, yep. or the reverse X-Factor. Um, and I forgot to mention, at one point, Wolverine explicitly explains to Colossus what's happening to him. Like, you don't really love this chick. Yeah. Like it's, it's an effect from her healing magic. Like you love Kitty. This will pass. Just, just be cool. Don't do anything stupid that you'll regret. And he's like, no, I love this lady. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they never, they never try to talk him out of it again. Like, because like,
11: shooter didn't want him to right sure i mean ultimately it comes down to that but <sighs> sorry that i'm uh bouncing out of story but right it's a bummer within the story like they maybe could have been better friends oh, absolutely um within the, i mean i think that they would have had it been written by claremont yeah
7: i think so too
11: i i think this was legitimately like well these things need to happen the relationship between kitty and colossus obviously there was an a uh, awkward age gap that wouldn't, you know, mm-hmm. fly. Shouldn't have flown back then. Definitely wouldn't fly now. Yeah. Um, so it was he, a problem. He wanted to break it up. But I don't... Like, the thing is, is, like, I don't think that Claremont ever had plans of acting on it. I truly think that it was going to be this schoolgirl crush.
5: Mm-hmm.
11: Right. hmm Right? I mean, she loved him, but I also think that it was... I, well, we're going to talk about yeah. that in a minute. We are. We got to wrap up Secret Wars.
7: Um, but yeah, he's heartbroken. He doesn't want to leave. And Nightcrawler's trying to give him the talk. Like, hey, this isn't healthy. There's nothing you could have done. There's nothing you can do now. Let me try to help you through this. And Wolverine's like, come on, let's go. Let's just leave him be. And And we'll see later him being a bad friend to Colossus again. <laughs> and, but I, so I he's just being a good friend. He's to Kitty to Kitty. Yes, he was. He was being a good friend to Kitty. And I think he's super pissed
12: that yeah. Colossus didn't
7: listen to him. Um, and I think he's right, but, uh, he, I think he could have done more to help. Maybe not. Maybe not. Sometimes your friends just make mistakes, whether you try to talk him out of it or not
11: if you guys could see how Jerry was looking at me right now, I'm going to spend the rest of the night thinking about what Jerry warned me about that. Oh, I did. no, no I'll He's tell waiting you, for though. me to realize. I'll
7: tell you afterwards. Oh, crap. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, pretty much the end of the story is Captain America standing over a shattered shield. And for me, that was like an emotional thing because, um, he, like he looks determined, but he also looks like heartbroken, yeah. Uh, but through the sheer force of will and alien technology, the shield is made whole again. Nice, and he's got a big smile, and then uh, uh, Mr. Fantastic starts sending them up to the ship by groups, and they'll all return back to where they were. And uh, surprise twist at the end, Ben doesn't want to go home. The thing can become human on this planet for some reason. And so he wants to experience that for a little while and he'll come home when he's ready. And She-Hulk is going to take his place on the Fantastic Four.
11: Which I read that Fantastic Four run, the burn stuff. Mm -hmm. Loved it. So good. So good. Yeah. So much fun. Uh Uh-huh.
7: Nobody writes her like him. No. I mean, I think there have been some runs recently that
11: people really liked. I like the new, I I, I, I like the new, I've been reading the new run. I, I like it my boy
7: stegman did some issues way back See, there you go people like good that run
11: people like that one
7: mm-hmm. um but yeah but that was i think he writes her great um just so, to,
11: just admit it pal
7: he draws her great too oh. there you go
11: yeah jerry's comic book crush have you read the sensational she hulk graphic novel i have and if i had been an 11 year old boy that book wouldn't be mint. I was an 11-year-old boy. <laughs> and your book is not mint. <laughs>
7: um, yeah, so it, it ends with Ben sitting on a rock, think contemplating the universe. And that's
11: where he winds up in the Thing series, right, which was happening. Yep. So I read any issue of the Thing series that crossed over with that run when I was reading that run that year. It was like my lunch break read at work. It's super there was weird, like a, right? There was like a hot dog stand in the courtyard of the hospital. And ah. I would go get a hot dog and a pop, and I would read some issues of Fantastic Four and occasionally The Thing. Uh, so good Reed, Reed briefly
7: hints that he has a suspicion of what is making Ben be able to become human again and that it's probably not good. And it turns out it's not good in the... He has, like, some kind of split personality thing where he turns into two people, one good and one evil, and when one is the thing, the other one's human, and they switch back and forth, and one's, like, a wizard or A dark wizard or something. I don't
11: I It's been a long time. I don't remember. When was this happening? It was, like, uh, around issue 22 of, of the, the thing. Of the, yeah, see, I didn't read the thing series. I only read the issues that, like... They would, there were only a few, like a okay. handful that crossed yeah. over.
7: Yeah, weird Yikes. stuff. Uh
11: anyway. And that's how the whole cartoon thing with the Herbie came to be, right? Because he was off board when they made the cartoon. I like they couldn't use him for some reason. The whole no, thing it was do the thing. human torch. Oh, okay, that's right. Okay, he was the. oh yeah 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 it was the human torch you're right because they didn't want kids dousing themselves in gasoline and lighting a match unless they're watching spider-man and his amazing friends right then it's okay but the thing got his own cartoon that's the thing ring do your thing thing ring do your thing okay very good yeah well what are you gonna do i took it yeah any any
7: thing stuff i'll take that
11: sure so that's it for Secret Wars, huh? That's Secret that Wars. The, that is the last time I'm ever going to read Secret Wars. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be my last it's time. It's like four or five times now, and I'm good.
7: That I'm going to say that that was the definitive summary <laughs> sure of was. Secret Wars. Sure was.
11: If you ever needed to know what happened, were your huckleberries. Yeah. Uh, I
7: probably want to read it yourself so you know what the heck we're talking about try to follow along if you dare. And so for you Marvel Noise listeners, we want to thank you for putting up with us while yeah, we've been is, on. Sorry. Um <laughs> those who can't get enough Jerry on Marvel Noise, you can go all the way back to episode 199, way back in 2013, wow. where I joined Steve to talk about uh some untold tales
11: that's uh, very
7: exciting we talked some Guardians of the Galaxy for a while we talked and, some
11: Tomb of Dracula didn't you yeah our, our last few appearances were uh, I will Tomb say this I do like... love the Marvel Noise podcast yeah. it's, they've gotten me to read some stuff that I never like. Um, recently in the reread, I was like in like 90, 91, 92 um, and so one of the things that I did and this is actually the, the book that I had with me it's the first thing I read uh, after Hank was born um was operation galactic storm oh okay because they had covered it on marvel noise and i was like listening to the episode and man they make some stuff that's not so great some (laughs) real fun like you know how sometimes it just you need the other perspective of someone else to be like this is what i find the joy in this thing Mm -hmm. and then you're like okay well i can kind of see where you're coming from so that's like an angle that i can work to kind of get in there yeah, And, like, you know, I, I could go for some Bomber Jacket Avengers from time to time. And that one had a lot of Shi'ar stuff. Uh, I Ultimately, it wasn't my favorite thing. Yeah. Um,
7: Do you regret reading it?
11: I regret not checking to make sure I had all of the single issues before oh, buying no. the Epic Collection. That's oh. what I regret most. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I liked it so much you bought it twice, huh, Sean? Whoops. No, just... So now I have a better system. I've got a little app. Yeah. Yeah. No more notebooks being carried to every comic book store.
7: Yeah, I used to have my printout that I kept in my wallet.
11: I'm opening one of these other Sprekkers.
7: Oh, why? Do we have more to talk about? We
11: do have more to talk about. It looks like you have more to talk about than I have to talk about it, because you only told me to read one issue. This was the issue that I thought we were (laughs) supposed to read. Well, uh, that's a nice teaser there, Sean, because
7: if you love not only what i brought to the table but what sean brought to the table you should go check out this next segment on our feed the great expectations podcast you can find most places you can find podcasts i guess i don't know we're hosted by Podbean. come find us and because we're going to talk about the fallout from colossus's decisions Oh boy. On episode thirty-six of the Great Expectations Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. All
13: right. We're getting together two hosts, two of the three hosts for DC Noise. Ramps. Yeah, ramps. <laughs> to uh wish a happy four hundredth episode. Or coming up for 400 episode
5: right.
13: to Marvel Noise, our sister podcast. Yeah, but we're kind of defunct. <laughs> I don't think well, Steve. No, we're knew not. That. DC Noise is gone. <laughs> we're up to like episode 800, right? Aren't yeah, we? but the pay, it's all Patreon based.
8: Yeah, you got to pay us.
13: They have it. to pay us, and yeah, we don't yeah. social media it because we're making so much cash.
8: Yeah, we
5: don't
13: doing need the Patreon on.
8: exactly.
13: We don't exactly. need to advertise.
8: Exactly. So mm-hmm. just give me cash. If you see me at a con or somewhere, just give me cash in, instead of paying.
13: And then you might sign uh, something.
8: And then yeah, exactly, exactly. That's how we go. That's how you we don't do
13: you don't even walk anymore. You use the Segway at the yeah. Cons. I use,
8: well, just... I don't even have to use a the Segway. They come and get me, and they take me on that. You know those little. Um, oh airport. it's like
13: Cleopatra,
8: yeah, those little <laughs> airport uh <laughs> scooters, those little airport uh, cars they take me that way they just they take me all over the con. I point where I want to go, and that's where they take me <laughs> That's what happens when you're rich like that
5: yeah
13: it's, yeah it's the popularity,
8: yeah, yeah, that's what it is
13: that's how you can afford all these streaming services exactly yeah Keith
8: is, Keith is so rich he won't even be on a show. Does he public? even
13: stream? I don't even know. He's probably know. D- watching real-time still.
8: He's uh, lo-fi. He doesn't do that. He doesn't like uh, to stream like
13: that. He didn't even know what a DVR was.
8: <laughs> no, it's like DVR? He's like, what? They I catch got my
13: Betamax.
8: Yeah, he's like, they, wait a minute, they capture video that you can watch later? Yeah. I don't believe you. I don't believe <laughs> you. You could go to that episode, you'll hear him just be in disbelief. He yeah. thought we were just telling stories, making up stories. It's like, no, they don't do that.
13: You have to watch it real time.
8: Yeah. It's like you have to watch it real time, no matter what. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about.
13: Maybe where he's at, they don't have Wi Fi.
8: Maybe. I listen, I wouldn't Maybe he's only start. got the dial up. It could be the truth. Like he does like sitting on farms and stuff and, yeah, and, and getting chickers. And getting chickers in his butt, so you know.
13: That's right.
8: It could happen. It could happen.
13: So where did we fall short? We didn't get to 400, did we? <laughs> I don't know. Did we, we get we were...
8: to 300. I don't even remember where I, we. I don't stopped.
13: remember where we stopped. But wow. <laughs> it's quite an achievement to keep going. Oh my god! I'm not a. I'm not at 400 yet with Geek Brunch.
8: Which is surprising. You aren't yet. But but
13: but uh, we smoked uh, Marvel Noise in terms of hours.
8: Oh, if we went by hours.
13: (laughs) Well, DC Noise, if we went by hours, we'd probably have smoked them.
8: Oh, my gosh. Because we we would have two,
13: three, well, it's three or four or sometimes five-hour podcasts.
8: Yeah. I think we hit six hours once.
13: So if we were just putting our chunks out, we'd probably be at episode 1,000. Hell, yeah. Yeah.
8: Go by that. Like, we shit. We were recording... We recorded from like till day Did day daylight came. We we were recording so long.
5: Yeah, the sun
8: right. came up.
13: I don't I wouldn't have the energy for that anymore though.
8: No, I can't do that anymore.
13: I am so like
5: uh uh-uh.
13: A creature of sleep now. Like Mm-mm. I can't go late. I can go early cuz I I yeah, get I'm up, up early.
8: In. I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I, yeah, mean, well, honestly, I get up at three thirty in the morning. I'm naturally.
13: four, I'm four or five.
8: I'm three thirty,
13: and I might read it. a comic book, and that's it.
8: Like me and even my I... dog is, is an early sleeper. Like when yeah. it gets around when it gets around six, seven o'clock, he's looking at me like, "Why are you still downstairs? Like, <laughs> what are you, what are you waiting for?" Like, I outlast
13: Harley, but she's older now. Well, yeah. So she, I have to go get her. After I exercise, I have to go get Harley.
8: Yeah, well, it happens. You get older, and she needs her sleep. She needs yeah, sleep. she stays in the bed, sleep. Yeah, yeah, she's in her comfortable bed sleeping. I don't blame her. So she's we're retired. We're, that's all.
13: <laughs> we're here to celebrate <laughs> Marvel Comics. Yes. And and Daryl is like. A specialist in Marvel comics nowadays. Oh,
8: I, I read so many Marvel comics every day. I read <laughs> like how many comics comes out a week? I read all of that. That's, no, you don't. That's what I read.
13: And you watched all the TV though, probably. Uh, yeah. Unless you, unless you give up on them because of frustration. No, I watched
8: that. Watch She-Hulk. I I I, caught, I just caught up on She-Hulk yesterday. I just did. Did you did you stick out Moon Knight? Did you watch? I did. It took. It was hard. It was hard to stick it out, but I I did.
13: I've and, stuck through all of them, but I haven't watched I haven't watched Andor or She Hulk yet.
4: Oh, because we, we're we're yeah. we're
13: in Reservation Dogs.
4: Ah, well,
8: I watched
13: the, that. that a, week, week to week. That's such watch. a good show. Oh, that's a great that. show. That's I didn't case. know that that guy was the one that was involved with Thor. Yeah. Yeah, I did, had no yeah. idea until I wow. I looked at the credits on Reservation Dogs and I saw his name. I'm like, that's the guy
8: who did Thor. I knew about Reservation Dogs when they even, before it even aired, when they had uh, entertainment news. I was reading, you know, I read entertainment news online and they, they were saying that it was coming, that they were doing a yeah, show.
13: Yeah, I wanted to watch it, but it was on FX, and I think we waited to watch it on Hulu. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and then I found I heard about it late too. I I was, right. we were we were late to the game.
8: Yeah, y'all were late. Y'all were late. Right,
13: Willie Jack, I love that character. Willie Jack and Cheese are my shit. Oh my God, Cheese. I, I, I Cheese is so, so nonchalant. He
8: is. Nothing phases Cheese.
13: Yeah, nothing. nothing no, but I I like his attitude, man. Like he's like, he's like my grandpa's. Like you couldn't spin him up, you know. He's no. just like so calm. No,
8: everything with him is just. Yeah, geez. it's all right. It's okay. Willie
13: Jack, I just love the way she talks and her mannerisms and.
8: I know her voice. Her voice cracks me up. That, mm. that that voice that she has.
13: I like the way she says "fuck." Yeah, <laughs> <That's it. laughs> like she says
8: it in Fuck. slow motion. Yeah, ah! I was like... <laughs> are we supposed to curse on this?
13: I, I don't know, know. but I uh, hope that he we didn't say it like it... we didn't enunciate. Uh, we were saying it like Willie Jack. That's fine. Yeah,
8: yeah. Look at you changing the rules. You don't even I think
13: that they're allowed two of those in a PG movie. Uh,
8: PG thirteen, isn't it? Is it, that's the rule. Is two.
13: I think it is. Maybe. I Have they know. ever said it in prime time? You would know this more than me.
8: Yeah, but what they do is they blank out the first part of the the f word. No, so but like a regular,
13: know, of the big of the big networks, you've heard it. After ten,
8: it's after ten. Oh, okay. But like I said, they they'll blank it. They'll partially. Well, i know out they. The,
13: I've no, I noticed they've shown like butt.
8: Yeah, you could. And they stuff do like it. that. Yeah, they've done that.
13: They've done that. Like but I watched that, Sleepaway Camp. That's like early '80s. Yeah, I've seen it. Have you? I just I was I, I only saw it now. Like.
8: Oh, you I, only saw it now. I, but, yeah, but I, I but
13: I I was shocked with the ending.
8: Yeah, like that. That
13: well, always en- in horror. The, the, no, the yeah. ending was like before Crying Game and anything else. Yes. Right? And you're like, yes. but but it's solely li- it's so badly. Photoshopped, like they of took course. her head and then they put it. <laughs> I just, it looks terrible. It's it almost looks kept... like some. It looks like some special effect, like some creature. Like it, it, it the body doesn't even match the head.
8: Man, they had five dollars to do that movie. You know, they, they, didn't, they didn't have all that technology to. to but it, it is. It look. was
13: such a good like. It leads you on to believe it's the the kid. You know, like it's all it's right. the guy that's protecting the the cousin yeah and then it throws the fast one and then it throws another thing at you i i like that it's weird because that movie all the predecessors are just straightforward violence like it's just slasher like and there's no like mystery on who the slasher is you know it's angela Mm -hmm. so it's like what the heck does marvel own sleepaway camp i don't know do they they own everything else disney (laughs) I mean, Eventually ta- they
8: will. Eventually <laughs> they're own it. Who knows? With them. Who knows? They might.
13: I know they own Hulu, so it's
8: Well they have the they have the the most shares in Hulu. That's what it is.
13: No, they own ABC. They own Fox now.
8: I know, but with Hulu, I I'm going by I'm telling you how to how it business wise how it's explained. They own the most shares in Hulu. So they both they own the controlling shares in Hulu.
13: Oh, you mean Disney proper? Right. No. no, I I actually thought that they owned everything because they bought everything. I know they st- and they took NBC off of it, right? All they have is ABC now, right?
8: Well, CBS never CBS never had a full deal to but, show next day. But that's day. why you
13: have to go to Paramount Plus.
8: Right. They all but they always felt that way. Like they they never let them they never gave Uhulu a next day deal. Their 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 things was the season would finish and then it would come on.
13: Well, does Marvel Uhulu. own do they own Yellowstone? Can we talk Yellowstone?
8: Marvel does not own Yellowstone. Paramount owns Yellowstone. But, but they but they, they could they it. could
13: they could in 10 years, right?
8: No, because they could in it's the, the future. Paramount. Well, if Paramount buy, if they buy Paramount. If they buy
13: Paramount. They,
8: so we could yeah, speculate. Yeah, that's a big company. A we big could company.
13: speculate that they buy Paramount and talk about <laughs> Yellowstone.
8: Would you just say, in the future Disney just owns everything, so Marvel th- owns everything." I think everything? so, it just sure that... seems like it. Okay, that's fine. I guess that's you can't say it can't happen, so yeah, we don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. Future...
13: I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, personally, I would have preferred them not to have bought Fox.
8: I don't want it, one company to own everything. I, well, I, I, I never I never did. Different. Like, even if it's yeah.
13: like the Fantastic Four and X-Men, I, I liked what they did. They did their own thing. It wasn't like Disneyfied. Like there there's a certain thing that makes it Disney, like
8: Yep. That's exactly it. I know. don't,
13: I do don't it. care for that. Like I I I don't I mind don't I don't I don't mind it. But there's something about it that it just makes it like a cleaner thing. Like it's not as violent, not as dark. Like they can't and have It has it. the
8: same beats. A lot of yeah. it has a similar beats because they do they do the same because it's done under a similar, similar company so that that's why it looks the same. Like I saw it, I saw Fantastic Four. what's it called? I mean, the last one, the Josh Trank one. I I saw it. It came on. That one's
13: not bad. I I like that one. It I, came you know,
8: on like last yeah this week, like in the middle of the night, like I they were just having like a. a a superhero thing on one of the channels where they just would show, like they showed Endgame and then they showed I'm like, what a combination, they show Endgame and then they show Fantastic Four, that movie But they uh, own that now, right? Yeah, all that they own.
13: They they own all of it. Yeah, though. they own all that,
8: that that's, that's all the only thing, they just have to wait they get back completely, they just get back everything in the uh, Netflix deal some of that they still they're just getting it back now I think now that, and I think Fantastic Four, they can, they don't completely have it, I think where they, they can do new material. No, they don't. They don't. Not yet. It comes. They get it completely in twenty um, three. They get it completely.
13: Oh, and that's why the movie's like way yeah. out there.
8: Right. They get. They then they then they get full ownership of it. In all. Oh, in that's all... probably
13: why they. In Doctor Strange, they did the Illuminati because it wasn't right. like the Fantastic Four. It was Illuminati.
5: Exactly. That's why. Yeah, that right. makes sense. That's, a, yeah.
13: that's how they got away with Hulk and the Avengers. and
8: Yeah, that's right. Because they, Cause cause they Hulk... didn't own Hulk. No, no, you... I,
13: I, that one huh. still might be weird, though. Hulk.
8: They still that... don't own Hulk
13: all the Yeah, way. because it's universal, right?
8: Yeah, they only. I mean that that, they, that
13: wasn't Fox. That was you
8: Universal. You can't do a. You can only you can use Hulk in any show they want to use him in. You can use him in any movie you want to use him in. But you can't do a Hulk movie without having to pay Universal. Yeah, it's That's like the
13: She-Hulk property. Right. Uh, I've heard that Stan Lee was watching the Six Million Dollar Man and then saw the Bionic Woman and was like, "Holy crap! If we don't do the She-Hulk, somebody else will." <laughs> and they
8: could. Well, I mean So so let's make a yeah. She Hulk. <laughs> let's make a She Hulk. That's what they did with everything, right? You, yeah. you have the male counterpart and then you have the female counterpart. That's that's what you do. That's more money. That's yeah. more more books, more comics you can do.
13: Lots of spider men spider women.
8: Oh my gosh. It's like You've a got ton Julia
13: of Julia Carpenter, Spider-Man. the one from the that originated on the Saturday morning cartoon. Jessica Drew. You have Maddie, the the John Byrne Maddie.
8: Mm-hmm. And now they have the Spider Verse. And now they have the Spider Verse. So now it's it's even more super women added to the list.
13: Well, the weird thing about Amazing is she has a kid now. So and they they don't they don't ever say where the hell that came from.
8: You talking about uh, Drew's kid? Uh, Mary Jane. Oh, Mary Jane. Oh, because it's. I, they're supposed to explain it later. I
13: know, as as the story goes on, it's yeah. crazy. It, they this one has I, I really like Amazing Spider-Man because it has like a lot of themes in it.
8: But you remember, and it in... never
13: it never like gives you everything. Like it it almost feels like a Bronze Age book because there's so many different threads going well, on. Well, you in read there. up
8: to did you you read um, the whole um, what was, the Spider Beyond? Spider-Man Beyond storyline? Yeah, was yes, the story line yes. Up that until, was the... You remember? That was, was... uh What's his name? Ben Riley. Right. That was, that was the... Like, that was a holdover, like, so they could uh, do the Amazing Spider-Man after that. Like, it was a summer, like, holdover story. So Yeah, I, I, I actually
13: that? liked it, though. You I, remember I the it was... end
8: of... But do you remember the end of it when there's, like, this light... When he sees, when him and MJ get back together and everything and they've, you know, and they think they've lost um, Ben, they don't know what that he changed. And they, and they. um. I remember
13: him changing to the new character.
8: Right. And then, but you remember that when they were, that Mary Jane and when Mary and Peter were together and they were talking about moving in together. Like we shouldn't, why are we even living in separate places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A light. There was a voice and a light shined at the end. I
13: don't, I don't remember that, but I better go revisit that. You go because... revisit
8: that because the light shines. It makes me think there's some Mephisto stuff going on or something because a light shines. Oh, like a this.
13: one day later kind of like, thing. Like he or whatever changed because the they
8: were going to be happy. Like yeah, they were going to be together and happy, and then that light shined, and then a voice was like, it said some weird thing. I forgot what it was because it's been a while yeah. since I read. It. But it said something like, um, you belong to me, Peter Parker, or something like that. And mm. and then it just went. The light just went and everything. And then when you read Amazing Spider-Man, when they relaunched it, it, they feels, were separated. Different.
13: Yeah, yeah, it separated. feels different. Yeah, it feels different. I love that book, but place. God, I'm a J.R.J.R. nut. There are people that don't like J.R.J.R., and I get that. But I don't like me, him on every for me for me personally when he's doing spider-man even That's, when
8: he was I love even he
13: was Spider-Man. doing he was doing like uh Peter Parker spider-man back in the day
8: i remember right? and it was I
13: amazing remember. and all the spider-manish yeah. uh, like when he does spider-man he kicks ass
8: and i and i i mean I'm, i might be in a minority but I liked when he did the X Men too, because he did Uncanny for a while.
13: Yeah, yeah. I I, well, I I like him like around like I know a lot of people hated his like DC Superman, but I I liked it there too. But I'm me and Bill Bill Bomer are just like nuts for his art. Like we I don't know why why it is, but
5: he he, no, draw, he draws is...
13: he doesn't draw like realistic and he draws no. like more like Kirby, but his panel no. layouts are so. They're so, like, dynamic. They look like like a Kirby layout.
8: Spider that's, that's best what I like about it. Spider-Man's best beatdowns have been Are by, by JR, John Jr. Yeah.
13: I, I agree. Because yeah. even in the one of the ones, he, his face is, like, swollen. Yes. His tombstone boot beat the shit out of you
8: him. could feel every punch that tombstone <laughs> laid on him when he when he beat him up like you felt it
13: did like you it get every... up to the point where you learned the twist and what tombstone did did you are you up to speed on that
8: i the last issue i read i have uh is when you get the backstory of tombstone where he grew up and why he sharpened his teeth
13: oh so you're and... you're not you're not actually where See, I'm caught up, caught up, caught up.
8: Yeah, you're caught but up. I, I don't want to on... give.
13: I don't want to give away like what Tombstone did. I'm Marvel that's the...
8: Unlimited caught up. Yeah. like I'm not. Yeah, we we still got a little bit to go. Is it is it bi-monthly or is it one? Is it?
13: A I think it's like book? bi. I think it's bi-monthly. Because
8: it, that makes <laughs> but sense. But it is. The it is now. Coming... But
13: right right now, the book feels really different because it's crossing over with the the X Men events
8: oh that's right yeah. so
13: it's kind of like distracting but it yeah. sort of makes sense
8: because it's been coming out quick on the unlimited like after yeah. i read one like next week it's like another i'm like wait a minute it,
13: number it just... nine is like a punch to the face it feels so awkward it doesn't even okay. feel like it's in the event it it doesn't even feel like they have a beginning and an end mm-hmm. like it's like they shove you in the middle of a story and you don't know like what's happening I hate it, it, it's it, you know it's awful I hate that. Because it, it goes into the Hellfire
8: Gala. Well, that I read up to date on, so maybe it won't affect Yeah, me I wasn't.
13: Much. I wasn't into that.
8: Yeah, I'm up so, to date on that. So that probably would be good. It probably won't It won't bother me as much because I know what happens in that.
13: And it tie, right. the other one ties into Acts, okay. which I just started reading. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good, but I'm an Eternals nut. Like, there's a lot of people that hate Eternals and Inhumans, and I love them.
8: I read it. I've I've actually uh, been reading the new the um the latest version of Eternal because they've always done different.
13: You know. Yeah, Kieran Gillen, he, he's awesome on it, and uh, they did a JRJR one that was on the Marvel Unlimited uh, app. You know how they do those.
8: That was Scroll. a Neil Gaiman one, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah was I remember ba- that. That was I badass. That. I was buying that back in the day.
5: Well, no, this I... one
13: this one was a follow-up. This was, oh, it's was a follow-up? It was one, one, one of the, what do they call those things? The Infinity comics or the ones that scroll they're direct to Marvel Unlimited they don't come oh, out Oh,
8: the Infin- yeah they are the Infinity comics I didn't read that one yet cause
13: it's worth it because okay. JRJR if you like JRJR you'll love uh, his, his stuff the only on thing that. with the
8: Infinity comics that bugs me out is that it's you the scroll, scroll sucks. I don't like that. Oh, it's I don't awful. Like that. I hate it. I don't
13: understand. I, I don't understand the benefit to it. Like, Me is either. it is it if you want to be on a small phone? Is that what the
8: I don't know, and I, I don't know why they do it. It's I so distracting
13: because even the gap between the panels
8: is like long. It's terrible. Long. It's off they should like and they have the capability, just make it that you could choose to look at it that way if you want to, but then you can look at it the regular way, but,
13: yeah
8: like that's they could the only ol- that.
13: that's the only infinity comic i read because i that loved, keeps me from Infinity. i love the i have run i've i love the internals and mm-hmm. I love j r g. r so i was i like, read I the Avengers
8: gotta... one like that, but i it i did not have a good experience, even though I liked the story because I had yeah. to read it that scroll up stuff, I didn't like it.
13: I think they converted one to paper, but I, I don't know how they did it.
8: Like X Men, didn't they do it with the? I mean, not X Wolverine one, didn't they? I, th- do I the think Wolverine they did it like with that? something. I don't know which one it was. I could have sworn it was Wolverine that they did that.
13: I might have skipped it. Uh, so I can't compare it. I should have got it just to compare it, but I'm, I'm not you reading. Didn't just get it. I'm not reading all of the Infinity comics. Like I tried, I I find them annoying. But I'll pick and choose. Like if something like the Eternals comes up, I'm like, mm. so like this event is like right up my alley because the Eternals say, wow, since these guys can, since the mutants can like uh, regenerate and they don't die, right? They, they've become deviants, and I like the whole concept behind that because they're like, oh, we, we're we're created to destroy deviants, and then it's like, okay, now they've turned into deviants and. That's pretty crazy. I like that idea. And then the Avengers are just caught in the middle. Like, like there's always, a war. There's a war going on, and they're like, "What do we do?" Uh,
8: I like. I like seeing. Um, I like seeing them work together. They're pretty much like, yeah, yeah, Avengers. We know. Like, first they were like, "We're by your side. We're gonna. Do, we're gonna help you. We're gonna be there with you." And then they um, caused the. The. Uh, the Eternals caused another disaster and they're like we have to go to that disaster because if we don't people will die yeah. so they had to leave they had to leave the um the the x-men planet the mutant um akiko it was it akiko Aki, akira akiko? A or i don't know
13: what Something it's called like that's that. what they call mars now right
8: yeah they had to yeah. leave that they had to leave them and i like how it i like how the other the other x-men were like this is what always happens with the Avengers. They always do that. Like they say they're going to hang out. They say they're going to, you know, we're going to be there for you. We 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 believe in you, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then they always wind up leaving. Because that's where always yeah. they, the, enemy, the bad guy always winds up causing another disaster. And then the Avengers have to go and deal with that disaster. And then they're, you know.
13: Yeah, because the X-Men are like in space and yeah. Marauders. They're in Mars. They've taken over Mars. Yeah. And now they have their Krakoa and they're doing their own thing. But they're almost viewed as a threat because they know they are kind of are. <laughs> well, now if, that if you they look know at that it they from a militaristic well, standpoint,
8: uh, it makes it worse because now that everyone knows that they can't they can be resurrected. Now everybody's all angry and, and jealous. Like, why yeah. do you get to come back to life?
13: I don't like, know if you're reading all of them, but uh, my favorite is Immortal. God, I love that
8: book. I I'm up to... What is it, what is it, issue three of Immortal? Yeah,
13: but you saw you saw the best one where Hope uses the gun as she's falling from the sky. Oh yeah, to snipe that I I fucking love that episode.
8: I because, like when she sniped uh, Celine.
13: Yes, because Celine so. was like she brought the mystical beings back on Krakoa. She used her magic because she wasn't picked as one of the just for uh, spite. the console. Right. Yeah, yeah, they picked Hope instead of her. And she was like, Well, I'm gonna fuck up this whole island. And then she hope goes and just like she has a teleporter, teleporter, and she has the gun because she's trained by cable. Yeah. And as she's falling out of the sky, like ba- during the teleport, she shoots her right in the fucking head.
8: Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved I, that it. that
13: scene was badass. I love it. And then it. and then as soon as she was resurrected, they mind wiped her ass.
8: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. You got to do that. They t- listen, they tried to talk to her. She so didn't want to hear it, right? You tried, to, <laughs> you tried to be peaceful. You tried to negotiate. She so didn't want to negotiate. You know what? F that.
13: They did They did a a Zatanna on her, you know? Like- yeah,
8: F that. You've been killing people for how long? Because they've been letting her go. doing her thing. She's been killing yeah. people for centuries. So, you it's know what? Like
13: like, mind-wiping Dr. Light. Yeah, you got
8: a mind wiper. Mind That's wiper. what
13: they did. It's I amazing. just love the way that was like choreographed in the comic book. It looks so good. Like I even I don't often like tell Barb, look at this badass scene and I was like, Look it's just
5: falling out of the
13: sky. <laughs> Upside down. Well I like sniper. part
8: of part of loving the X Men is the teamwork because they're all trained they're so highly trained that I like when they use powers concurrently like okay yeah. sync i need you to sync with jane gray tell well, me hope, what
13: hope can do that right she absorbs yeah, the power she does the of, same thing for, for short periods
8: she's like yeah. she's like rogue a little bit i need i need uh i need a teleporter so i can get that power i need i need a yeah. i need someone with luck i need you know to give me that power i need yeah. that so i won't miss i need like i love it i love how she you know, she's been somewhere. Well, I've always liked
13: playing. Hope because I I was along for the the cable series when he was protecting her as a baby, and then
8: only thing whole, I hated about that whole series, event I just hated that they turned turned Bishop into a bad guy. I never <laughs> liked that. I, never. I
13: don't know if he was a bad guy though. I mean, if you look at the concept as a whole, yeah, it's al- it's almost like she was she was prophesized as like almost like the devil <laughs> to to bishop well, the thing right? that made me know I mean know it. she was going to cause destruction like she was
8: I get it but what I didn't like is that when once you cross the line and start killing other people to get to her that's when you That's a true part. yeah that's what I didn't like if he had just did it like he had been like i'm only my thing is to just take her out to stop her from doing whatever thing she's going to do that's one thing but then he was like kill remember he killed the whole village a whole um yeah Saint i forgot I, for,
13: I forgot about all the pe- the people he slaughtered yeah he, he killed and that, that's why they so had it's to almost like Stuart. he lost track of his humanity f- he did
8: to, to do he his did. goal that's why they had to be like that wasn't really him when they when they when they, when they re- it or re- you know changed it back to to him coming back. it was like it wasn't him him it was it was some other him or him from another Timeline. Timeline. Yeah.
5: yeah it's Time iffy. is. You can get it's away real with anything. iffy.
8: Yeah. It was real <laughs> iffy how they did it. Right. I'm I'm looking at peace now. Like the, the whole thing with Cyclops. I mean, uh, Colossus being under control of his bro, his brother. And the well, Russians. He's,
13: he, well, his brother, the one, is losing his shit on Mars. Yeah. But,
8: well, the, tr- the well, the there, Russians well, got him. Are, the summer
13: bro who's the one brother though that came from space
8: i forget what his name is oh i'm no i'm talking about colossus not cyclops colossus. oh
13: you're talking about colossus
8: yeah mikhail or mikhailen uh is under the the russians have him under uh they have him under their control and he has control of cyclops i mean the colossus's body like he can when he rewrites something on paper it makes Colossus have to do it, yeah. And no one knows it. No A one Winter knows Soldier
13: kind of thing.
8: Yeah. So he's had he's already killed his girlfriend. Like so, when he does get free, Colossus is going to be jacked up. Like when he actually gets free, and and if he remembers what he did, it's going to be it's going to be horrible for him because he wanted to get away from that whole thing. He didn't want to fight and kill people and stuff. He wanted to get away from it. And now he's being forced to do to, to do all the stuff for the Russians on top of Beast is now freaking crazy. He's like he's almost no, he's, as bad as mis-
13: his... well, he's almost as bad as the Great. Dark
8: Beast, right? Yeah, Dark Beast, yeah. Yeah. That science part of him. He just can't let it go. Like he's twisted though. He gets twisted, yeah. yeah that's uh, the X
13: Force thing.
8: Yeah, they won't he even talk some, to he, him.
13: He, he did some bad stuff in there.
8: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Some people know, like Jean Grey and stuff, and they just because they've been friends so long, she won't shut him down completely. Yeah,
13: I wonder how they're gonna do this Krakoa thing. I know, I I know that the Eternals are gonna blow up the whole fucking island, but but the, oh, that didn't yeah. work out.
5: No, no. <laughs>
8: no.
13: They're just gonna blow the shit out of it.
8: Yeah, I, I, when it all comes crashing down, who know? I don't know. It might not end like they originally was supposed to end because Hickman they passed it off to the next round of writers because Hickman when Hickman le- originally left, well, I, I, I know left, this
13: uh, immortal thing is gonna it has to end soon. It can't be like forever.
8: No, it can't. It yeah, can't. I, but it was supposed to end when Hickman left, and then it, it was so successful they were like, we can't end this right now right and so they passed it over so i don't know it might i mean it's gonna be a point where it's gotta this timeline has to you know so they have to do something to kind of reboot this timeline or whatever to have it like it's still kind of weird how um more uh all those stories in 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 the claremont days and stuff like it doesn't exactly ho- like fit with this i mean the only thing that really fits is that mora was the only human to get the legacy virus so then you can kind of say oh yeah she was a mutant all along yeah but i'm, I'm interested to see what they do how it ends like I'm yeah in
13: it. so I'm in we it. we talked a little bit about comics do you want to go into the other media what what, what are you thinking of uh all these uh disney plus shows and movies what what, what, uh, what, ha- what, what have you
8: what have you oh yeah that was really good i love miss marvel i she hulk i i am i'm kind of lukewarm on because some episodes it's like i just it's just nothing does nothing for me the the support group one i kind of thought okay i kind of like that one I haven't
13: supporters. I haven't seen She-Hulk, so I can't I can't. Oh. Uh,
8: well, it's it's kind. Of, it basically She-Hulk is kind of like like the side, the female Seinfeld kind of. Well, well, I, I
13: I think I'm gonna like it though because I like John Burns She-Hulk, and it's like, and that. I like I like Dan Slot's She-Hulk, and it's like that. Yeah, and that's kind of
8: how it is. It's like yeah, it's like about... you break the
13: fourth wall kind right. of thing and that kind it's, of stuff.
8: So I think I, I think
13: I think I think I'm gonna like that one. I. I, the yeah. one I was surprised about that I didn't like, it, it actually is my least favorite, is Moon Knight.
8: I could, I, I did not like.
13: Moon I, I actually lo- love Moon Knight.
8: I do too. But,
13: but I just, I, I struck, I, like, I, I was forcing no, myself I, to watch it. Like,
8: I didn't, I didn't I like, like anything about kicking, it.
13: Kicking I, and screaming. I liked I the first like episode because it reminded me of Memento. Like. Have you ever seen the movie Memento? Yeah, like yeah. He, he's I like getting shot at and he's running and he's like, yeah. "Why am I getting shot at?" I I I liked, I liked how they would do you know that. what like, I don't quick part of what I don't like you wouldn't know is where a, he
8: was. I don't like this. They made the suit like a power and all that. Like I like I I preferred it that he was it's a mercenary. More like
13: a met- yeah, um, yeah, you don't like the venomish. Uh, I don't like that.
8: Yeah, I don't like any of that stuff. Like the avatar and all that, yeah. but I, I he...
13: actually think it looked cool. Like the costume itself looked great. I, like didn't, like just, I, I, I didn't like the mummy wrapping thing. I liked it yeah, because of the mummy wrapping.
8: I didn't like that. I, I would prefer it if they just made him a silver suit. That was, you know, and the reason, you know, all of that stuff from the comics, they would have kind of mixed some of it in there. So it just wasn't something I liked.
13: Thoughts on Hawkeye? I liked that one. I liked that one a lot. It
8: was fine. It just didn't hold my attention, to be honest. That
13: one, that was my favorite, personally.
8: I didn't, no, it didn't hold my attention, really. Like, I, I, liked, I just uh, wasn't.
13: Seinfeld, yes, or what is uh, her name?
8: I uh, K- so, uh, hate Katie. Uh, Steinfeld, something. I, I can't. Something like that. This is when uh, Haley, Haley Steinfeld Haley-
13: or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked her. I thought I she liked was her as great. an
8: actress. I just didn't. Well, really I liked how they about. had
13: the Kingpin in there and I liked how they did the Hawkeye stuff. I didn't like how they disposed of. Uh, Kingpin. Because it
8: just, seemed. I don't think weird. he would have got his head, his hands dirty. She's yeah. not important enough. Like the way Kingpin is, is that she's, hawkeye and her are not important enough. yeah
13: he's more of a behind the
8: he's a behind the scenes thing and i know they needed no he will get his hands
13: dirty sometimes like when he He has to flex his
8: but that's the point like you have to be like you have to really be troublesome to get him to to get his hands dirty because he doesn't want to do it because it's because it you know well he wants to do it but he doesn't want to you know it's it's people could find out like it's it's more of a chance of people knowing that he's the kingpin kind of thing and he doesn't like doing that so yeah I did, it was fine i mean you know some of the episodes were better than others and stuff but in terms of no nah, it wasn't my favorite compared to other
13: miss marvel shows. i actually liked more like the family concept of it more yes. than like when it was superhero stuff
5: yeah like I, did I too.
13: that's the part of the show I liked more. Um I Actually,
5: thought that was good,
13: and I also like the history the you know the it made me yeah. go Google some of the India's history and me stuff too. because me too. I wanted to understand it and I didn't. That's mm-hmm. like a that's like a blank spot in history books, you know. They yeah. don't usually talk about that. It is. So, I liked
8: it. I I like actually. They could have like had no superhero stuff in it, and I still would have liked the the show because I liked I liked her, her mom, her father, the brother. Like they had, they were likable. The characters. brother, yeah, all yeah, the, the brothers. They were all the, the characters.
5: yeah Yeah, she yeah. had so two I friends. She
13: had the one guy that worked at the convenience store, and then the one that was sort of her. Indian friend that they had the religion, like they would always go to the mosque together right. and stuff.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
8: Yeah. So I I like that. That that was that was a show I liked a lot. It
13: really yeah. followed a lot of the comic because um as the show was going on I, I was going to the I don't I didn't buy that book. I uh mm. went to the Marvel app, the Unlimited, and started reading it and I was like, Wow, this is in, in terms of plot, it's it's very different, but in terms of the family and the characters, it was really right. close. Yeah, yeah it was, it's it the was powers
8: were the. I mean, the the superhero parts were the most different than anything. Yeah. But that's that's it. Like, what was the other one? I mean, they still that?
13: paid her power base. Like in comics, is weird. Like I still don't get it. She's like, almost like a elongated man or. Mr. Fantastic, you know, like she can make and grow and grow her fist yeah, and stuff. I, yeah, and in this first, one, they they made it more like a Green Lantern kind of fist, you know,
8: like yeah. Well, G. Willow Wilson didn't want her to have like energy based powers. That was the big thing. Like they wanted it to be more grounded in a way.
13: Yeah, so, I've I mean, never I never cared for her powers in the comic. So. Like I I it even sure. seems weird like. It seems like it's written weird, like her power base.
8: I think it's on purpose. I think they did yeah. it on, before they thought of anything of adapting, you know, adapting it to a live action thing. Like they weren't thinking about that stuff back then. It was just we need like a comedic kind of power that we can have because they were gonna, you know, cause they weren't gonna. It was a ch- it was more of a younger base show. So I mean, yeah. a younger base comic. So they wanted like a a power that they could kind of have fun with uh opposed to another energy based uh character
13: but so. pers- personally like if i had to compare the netflix shows to the disney plus i'd rather take the netflix marvel shows like I, the- I i both. like daredevil i like punisher i
8: i love jessica jones like those are the ones that I I like seasons of Jessica. I like the last season of Jessica. I did not like the one where she her mother was her, in. It. Oh, I liked it a lot. I did not like that. Episode. See, those those
13: know. are great for me. They were great exercise shows because um, I don't like to like look at the clock and I I would get sucked in. Like I love when I'm exercising and the show sucks me in because then I exercise harder and I don't realize the, the time show, i'm not looking at my watch am i done yet
8: yeah. am i done yet i think the last show i think i what i because what i liked about it was her doing the cases and they didn't do that a lot in that season they did it more in the last season with the case with her having individual cases to solve
5: well you yeah,
13: have the purple man thing. in the the first one and then the second one was kind of the uh, cases and then the third one was was her mother right
8: no, the the second one was the mother.
13: I thought the, the third one was the mother.
8: No, because didn't it only go three seasons? Yeah. Then the no, the second one was the mother. The last season was when uh, her friend went bad, like she she turned.
13: Oh, that was Hellcat. You're right. You're right. You're right.
8: You're right. Because I know that I liked the the last season. I got I got one. those confused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I I was not a fan of the second season.
13: I liked them. I liked them both. I liked them. Inc- I like have I, not. I I have never been disappointed with uh, the Netflix ones. Oh, I have. Like, and I Punisher liked Iron was Fist. Boring. It, oh, I could not. I did not like Iron Fist at all. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, and I was, liked Cage. Oh. And I liked Punisher. Cage was
8: okay. I re- the only thing I probably would like if when they do Cage in the Disney Plus compared to doing Luke Cage in Netflix. Is that now they can actually have him fight more people with abilities as opposed to on the show he was just fighting regular people most of the time, and I wasn't I I got bored with that. Like he hit like he hit yeah you get the bored easy, stuff man. You have to you have because to it's that. Luke Cage. I want you have Luke like Cage.
13: action ADD or something. I want like Luke
8: that. Cage to be to actually do no actually no because I like Andor and Andor is not a lot of action. Andor is very. Um I haven't pace. seen it yet, but I like this st- if the story is good enough then I'm in. Like it's
13: I, I I'm an easy kill. That's
8: all I've I I know you're an easy. You're an easy one. I have
13: liked every I I think I've liked everything except for Moon Knight. <laughs> that 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 is the only show that was really, like I really I mean I look forward to the shows that me and Barb watch together cuz I only we only watch like one show she watches so much damn TV. <laughs> and it's like, I would not look forward to Moon Knight. Like, I was like, no. when, can, when can we, are we done yet? <laughs> like,
8: That's how I felt every episode. I was like, like oh my why God, is there because
13: one. we were watching it together. And I was like, I, I just can't. I, why I, is
8: there another episode? I everything else, over. like, I, I, I'm
13: i pretty satisfied. I'm an easy, just yeah, like I, I am with comics. There, There's not it. too much I, I don't like. There was one movie I watched recently, uh a nick cage movie and i had to stop it what it was uh yeah you? it was mandy i i couldn't take it
8: wow you it was didn't about
13: like mandy? well it was a psychological like cult but it i guess the supernatural stuff got real like in yeah. the second part in the first part of the movie it was grounded the cult was grounded and oh. then the second part of the movie happens and it's like Supernat, like the cult is supernatural, and I freaking hated it from that point. Oh, Bar- wow. Barb even walked in and said, "Man, this has got to be the worst thing I've ever seen." And she loves, <laughs> you know how she loves Nick Cage.
8: I know that's how surprised. Like we we
13: watched the Willie Willie's Wonderland together, and we liked that. And uh, that, yeah, Barb I'm Barb said you like,
8: didn't like th- "This is
13: what Barb told me." Thank you. Mm. For not making me watch this Nick Cage movie. Wow. Y'all <laughs>
8: finished it? Oh my gosh.
13: Y'all did not and I, I, I got that. I, I literally got three quarters of the way and I was like, I can't I
8: can't do it anymore. Wow, that's that's deep. That's deep.
5: Yeah, that's I don't ever stop.
13: I don't I've sat in through the cave of forgotten dreams for Christ. You did. Sake. So that um, tells you something. Yeah, it tells me a lot
8: <laughs> that, you, that you did that. That tells me a lot.
13: So uh, uh, I think we've we've done more than we need to, but I wanted to go through films real quick. Okay. So the the last the last uh, Marvel movies that we've sort of talked about or have not talked about was mm. like I think this this last what do they call it from Black Widow on. Um,
8: I don't even know what phase that is anymore.
5: I'm yeah, lost. I got lost totally. on the phases, but it's like
13: it was the coronavirus phase, is what I like to call. That's what it was. The <laughs> coronavirus phase. So we got Black Widow, we got the Eternals, we got uh, Shang Chi, uh, uh, we got Thor, Ragnarok, and I may be missing one. What was Spider Man.
8: Oh yeah, Spider Man, the last Spider Man one. Yeah. Uh, far e- even from though home.
13: That's no way like a, home. Yeah, no that way. was a. a Sony Marvel production. Yeah, it
8: was a Sony Marvel joint.
13: Oh, a Doctor for Strange, things. Doctor oh, Strange yeah. Multiverse of Madness. I, I was I was curious to to see of those handful of films, which ones do you think worked for you personally, and which
8: ones? Uh, did... wow, uh, Doctor Strange. You like that one the most, yeah. I Sam Raimi
13: darkness kind of thing. And he,
8: I like that he changed up how he uses powers because you know, in the beginning one, it kind of stuck to the same spells like shield spell, um, you know, teleport, you know, the the um teleporting uh ring spell, and and a few other you know, little ones here and there, but in and the Doctor Strange 2 he was doing all types of spells even in the first like 15 minutes he was doing like, that, that, that
13: fight scene with spells. the eyeball creature was great yeah the, that, the, the, the reason I, I liked stuff. it so much though is they didn't have darkness to like obfuscate the special effect. Yeah. You know what I mean, too. it was yeah. in broad. It was in broad, in broad daylight. daylight. Yeah. 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 That was really good. So that was good.
8: I liked, I liked what they did with the, the way he used magic. I liked, I liked how they opened it up for him to do more types of magic. And that like even his own zombie spell, that was some cool, crazy stuff. when he did the zombie spell. Yeah. Um, so that one worked for me the most, I think, um, Shang-Chi and Eternals, I don't. I think they're neck and neck in movies that I, it did not work for me. I think for Shang-Chi, it's not that the actors were bad. It's not that it's not on them. I think what bothered me or took my interest away is when I read the same Shang-Chi that I read, I always had the thought of he was like the Bruce Lee model. And not the follow,
13: mysticism, magic right, kind of thing. Yes. Right, right who you and me. the corrupt father and yep. he killed an old man <laughs> right <the> first yeah. <laughs> yeah like when i read he all followed things, his father's wishes and killed an old man <laughs> i saw but, i saw
8: bruce lee doing that stuff like you could yeah, see yeah. bruce lee doing that well that's what it
13: was meant to be
8: yeah and it was so meant when to they
13: c-
6: changed compete.
8: it i know they changed it you know they want more kids to be able to get into it i know so when they changed it for that, it probably was better off because it made you know. You well, it's, it's probably
13: money. right. It's sometimes a movie is not for us.
8: Right. So it's it for was, the next generation,
13: probably... just like Lucas yeah. tried to get more kids involved in the prequels, and right. they were. Right. And then a lot of the old people were a little disappointed, so
8: it's just, but it just didn't work. It, it, right. So that's my reasons for not a Shang Chi. Now for Eternal.
13: It, it it is weird too because. The two that you're saying you couldn't get into, they were my favorite. <laughs> oh
5: wow! Well, the Eternals, e- 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 Eternals
13: I just, was my favorite. I, just, I, just I love that like, one. I,
8: I just felt like they really didn't give them like the they really didn't weren't interesting the way they were written. Like the ones that I were interested in in Eternals were the ones that they barely spent any times with. Like I think the my favorite characters out of the Eternals. Would probably have to be um, like I wanted to see more from um, Faustus Faustos and I liked uh, McCary and I wanted to see more from Kingo. Like those are the ones that I kind of grabbed. They had more of a personality the way they were written. I think yeah. for me, I think they gra- you know they grabbed me when I saw them on screen, and the ones that I just didn't. I don't think they were just like mannequins to me. Like they really didn't have any Not for me. I, I, I thought I, like Akira's I, I, and Cersei. Like, I just felt like they were not, they didn't give them anything really to do.
13: I don't know. I thought, I thought it was, I liked it personally a lot because I, it, it was very thought provoking for me because I, there really was no one to root for. I mean, the Eternals were made, for, right. they were, they were made for a job. They were, yeah, yeah, so so like tools. you they yeah they're, they're tools they're for tools. a function and you have one group that like is they were performing their function and then the other ones that embraced humanity, right? Like Yeah. Wow. So so in the terms of what they were created for there was no ba- I mean there was no bad guy if you look at it from some per- you know a certain no, perspective. They were
8: just they were, they were... And I,
13: I just found that like super fascinating, and um, I I I thought that was my that was my favorite in a while. But I I, I I'm a you you know I'm a weird duck. I I love. I know Superman you are. And I know you I are. love I love what people don't like. I don't know why it just they're di- it was different to me. You do. It didn't it didn't fall into the cookbook for a Marvel movie, and that's what I liked. Shang Chi was Shang I liked a lot. There was um, the Spider Man
8: movie, which I, you know I don't like that Spider Man. Really, I don't like that version of Spider. I'm more of an old guy that likes Peter Parker's uh, uncle being um, more of someone who he focused on, and he wasn't. I I didn't like that he was so a part of. Tony Stark was more of his mentor. And gave him stuff. Like I, I kind of liked it being the Spider-Man kind of.
13: Well, I like the old Aunt uh, May. I mean, as, as gorgeous yeah, as his Aunt I May is, too. I I'd too. prefer the old the old me Aunt too. May and not the Sally Field Aunt May. I like the yeah. first one. But, yeah, I I like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. <laughs> I I love that movie. And maybe maybe it's because that's like that's why I love the Michael Keaton Batman. Maybe it's because. For me, personally, it was like my first exposure to oh,
12: something big,
13: is... you know? All like right. and, and that like put an imprint, like an impact in my brain. Mm. And then everything that came after it just wasn't quite as impactful.
8: Like, I really didn't... Like, Tom Holland's Spider-Man was very... To me, he came off very selfish.
13: Yeah. I, I, I enjoy the movies. And I enjoyed the villains. Like, I enjoyed you know I liked I liked how in the movie, they merged all the films, like I think that was pretty masterful, you know yeah that was that, fine. that was and that I, was pretty cool- I, I Espe- liked especially it. through the villains, I thought that was great,
8: yeah they made um, it they made it it was a better fit. I think the thing that it throws me is i kinda I'm not used to not liking Peter Parker like i you know all the years that I've been reading Peter Parker.
4: Usually that's because like he wasn't Peter
13: time. Parker.
8: No, he we, wasn't.
4: Y,
13: you, you, you jump in with that Spider-Man like you were already there. The other movies, they they create their Peter Parker.
8: Yeah, and he just was somebody that. And I know
13: he, you he, liked the Andrew Garfield, and I did. not I do.
8: I yeah, do. that's I that's your
13: favorite Spider-Man. Mine is. is
8: Tobey Maguire. He's the one that the other Tobey Maguire. He he had no. He really didn't have much of a personality to me. To me. Oh
13: my God! I cried during his movies, man.
8: Not me. I, I got really emotional. From him. But I will say, I did. I was more interested in the Tobey Maguire Spider Man, after in this movie. Just the thought of it being that all these years have passed, I would want to see that movie. Like I'd want to see the movie where he went through a whole bunch of stuff. And... Yeah,
13: it would be interesting to see even even see the Garfield stuff.
8: Both. I, 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 I actually, what would,
13: if I had to pick the I would want to see more from the Garfield because he turned, he looked way different. Like yeah, dar- darker, yeah. Darker. Darker for sure.
8: He'd been through some st- a lot of stuff. And yeah. so I would, want to, I would want to see those two worlds. Like I would love to, I would pay, I would go to the movie because I had stopped going to see Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland. I would go to the movies to see. Uh, a, spy, a Toby McGuire or an, an or an Andrew Garfield Spider Man movie, if they showed you know their worlds and what was going on, like it yeah. could just be one movie. It could just be one movie of them, you know, showing them going through, you know, how they got to this point, or or even what they do after this, like when they went back home. Like how mm-hmm. did they change after they went back home? Like I I would love to see that.
13: I thought the film was good though. I enjoyed it. I know the Thor one you hated. Oh, I hated it. But I yeah. I had a blast with it. But yeah. I think it was the nature in which I watched them. I watched them all like back to back to back to back. Maybe that's what and it is. And I I think it worked. I, I don't I, I don't know if I went to the if I if I didn't do what I did like to have all that like continuity in it cuz mm. the the tone of the movies change after the dark, what is it? The dark lord or dark elf or whatever story. Dark world. It Maliki dark world. or Malachi, yeah. whatever his name is. Dark world. That is a pretty dark movie, and then it it switches tone in Ragnarok, and then it kind of stays with that tone. And I don't, but I I, I I it was it was interesting because when I saw Ragnarok I at the theater I. I I didn't like it. I even told Barb like I didn't like it. But when I saw it a second time, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I and that, I think right. I think because of me changing my mind about the film, I accepted the the new one a lot easier.
8: I can't. Like it, I like it a. Was th- I, it was easier to swallow. Would, it will always bother me, and no matter what, it will always bother me to have a Thor that doesn't really care about. People anymore? Like the whole transition he went from. Yeah, he's more someone like someone that would uh, mourn death. Like he went to someone who would mourn people when they die. They to... turned
13: him more into the outrageous Aquaman from Brave yeah, the Bold. Yeah, they did. Yeah,
8: That's exactly what they did. I liked, but I, and I, I, liked... I know
13: you didn't like that cartoon, but I no,
8: loved it. <laughs> no. That's my like,
13: favorite my favorite Batman cartoon is yeah, Batman loves, Brave like, and
8: the Bold. None of that. I don't like when that <laughs> I don't I don't like when they switch him like that. Because yeah. I've been reading Thor all my you know since uh, I was a kid. That explains
13: so I, why I liked it and probably you didn't. Yeah. But that's,
8: um That's my reason. And what's the and other And Black Widow, Black Widow was, was fine. That I was a
13: good it. movie.
8: I enjoyed it for the yeah, most that, part. That, it's not one that I would it's like I did it's not up in the like Captain America: Winter Soldier, I could rewatch and I have multiple times. It's not there. Yeah, it's not it's in the
13: Iron 3 man. man three realm for me. Oh,
8: so. but, it's, the, in the, the but it's in the the best Marvel realm movie of,
13: ever is Iron and Man I three. Saw it,
8: oh, garbage movie ever. But, it's the best? But I enjoyed it enough. The I can I watched it the one time. I don't need to ever watch it again. And that it's in that realm. Like I I enjoyed it the, the one time. And if maybe now a couple of years down the line, I might watch it because I haven't seen it in a while kind of thing, but it's not something that I would like. I,
13: I, I would, I would really like to see it again. Cause that I never saw that movie at the, the theater.
8: I didn't either. I, I, saw, I saw that
13: one because of COVID, yeah. but um, uh, oh. I, I would love to, if if they release it in a theater, I would love to see it just, because everything else I've seen at the theater, I've I, I haven't ever not seen a Marvel movie at not at the theater. So,
8: I think That's, this phase uh, I'm actually kind of it we are at the phase now where I kind of am okay not seeing some like it used to be I had to go see every Marvel movie that came out in the early phases, but now I'm at the I'm at a phase where I'm like. If if uh, if it's interesting to me, I'll go see it. If not, I can just not go see it and be fine with that, and wait for it to come out on, on Disney the app. Plus. Yeah, yeah, I'm at that point now.
13: So your favorite is is what? Doctor
8: Strange. Oh, you okay. talking about the yeah, new. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah, the new movie. Yeah, movies. Doctor Strange. Too. So my
13: my my favorite are was the Eternals and Shang Chi. So like the, I I think I bonded more to the newer material than I did to you like did. the oh, you did. reinvigorating you did. something else. But yeah, yeah, you I did. I like Spider Man a lot. But for some reason the Tom Holland movies like it, it's so weird. I I don't have any desire to watch them again. See, I don't know what it is. I... Like it is so
8: weird. See what I mean? It's something missing in those movies. It's something missing in those movies, I'm telling you. There's yeah, something for... Sp- and we're Spider-Man fans. Both of us are Spider-Man fans.
13: Yeah, well... I, mean, I, I know, but we're we're very different. We have different tastes, you gotta admit.
8: <laughs> oh, we do. But we like,
13: still... Like, your we... Superman is, is... Is Man of Steel, and mine is Christopher Reeves. Like... We're we're it, way off, but I'm I am a little older than you too, so you are older than me. And, and do you see how I like latch on to the old though? Like the first time, like Christopher Reeve was like my first Superman. It's, it's you know my Michael first, Keaton. Michael Keaton was my first yeah. Batman. I and think uh, the
8: differences with us is I'm okay. Um, like I'm okay with letting that go. If, some, if I see something else and I think it's. Better, and for me, it's more like done.
13: a. I don't know if it's like a retro or experiencing it for the first time that latches onto my brain. Like yeah. that.
8: that's. Because that... they could do another Superman movie. And if I feel it's better, it's a better done movie than Man of Steel. It's not like I'm stuck on I have to love Man of Steel. It's just that I liked, I think it's a better Superman movie than the one that it preceded. And I just that could change. But... Wow, could Barb, change look at
13: me. this bird, Barb, hurry, 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 hurry. It's
5: miss like the a birds. it's like a
13: blue it's like a blue. I've never seen it before. Wow.
8: And the birds are not marvel That's an
13: awesome looking bird. I've never seen one like that before.
8: Yeah, that's, not a blue bird. that's not Marvel.
13: Yeah. I'm sure that uh, we've already gone beyond our. Uh, Steve said five to fifteen minutes. But oh we, damn,
8: we passed that. He
13: well, but that just goes to show why we have more hours worth of podcasting. DC noise now. <laughs> <laughs> DC fucking noise now.
8: We're done. Yeah. Even...
13: But I, I think we covered like what we're digging in comics. We I think we both agree that Amazing Spider-Man pretty damn good. And the X Men. Yeah, um,
5: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm real that. behind
13: in uh, Jason Aaron's Avengers, but it, the, his, I, is, I his, is, cra- his is very hard to, like, kind of just.
7: We agree woof, on that. And, and, I, we, I, we agree on and
13: that. I'm a Jason Aaron nut, like, for most everything else. I did. I don't know. I
8: don't, know, I don't No, not I, I just don't know what he's doing. I don't know what it is I, either. I just but it's don't just get his approach. I just me. his approach isn't working. It's not working for me. Like,
13: and almost Thor? like it's when when Hickman oh. took over Avengers, I didn't like. And then I reread it, mm. like from beginning to end, using uh, both titles, and I was like blown away. Like I I thought Hickman's see, Avengers I liked was it. awesome. I liked Hickman. I hated. I was reading it monthly though, and I hated and it. I,
8: I was. And too, I, I and read I it in
13: a it. chunk, and I, I loved like it. So it. I don't know. Like
8: I know Hickman can get his writing. He write. He doesn't get very emotional in it. In the beginning. No, he's like, mo- he's like,
13: more methodical and he's grand. He's more
8: cerebral. It's he's like a cerebral grand
13: cerebral right thought thing. Right. Like it, it's weird.
8: So I'm uh, like so it like I know that going in. Uh, especially from his indie stuff. I know that going in because I've read that too and it's the same thing. So I'm okay with that. Like I I knew that going in. But with it is Aaron, I loved Thor. I couldn't get enough for his Thor. like I do not I d I don't I yeah, don't know he what did a it good is.
13: Ghost Rider and like Yeah, I don't know what it is
8: about Vertigo Avengers
13: series and
8: I don't know what it is about Avengers that I just He's don't.
13: done great Punisher stuff like Punisher yeah. Max. and yeah. like that really new good one. He's stuff.
8: doing the current one, right? Yeah. Like,
13: I'm that was that. that one's good. It's weird. I'm that.
8: It's weird, yeah. <laughs> it but I'm it is it is really good. But there's just something about this this Avengers run of his that I just Yeah, it's myself... weird. It's almost it like it leaves he... me cold. It just Well maybe me cold. he's
13: thinking outside the box and like maybe know. that maybe yeah. maybe for him as a writer he's uh, I,
8: don't I don't know he's like I want to try know. something
13: different and maybe it works for some people and not others but maybe, maybe. I'm I'm looking forward to the next team.
8: Yeah, <laughs> I am too. I am. I'm looking forward to what the next team will, will do. On and
13: the I I tried that new Avengers. What is it called? Uh, Action Avengers or whatever the hell it's yeah, called. Yeah, I know
8: what you're talking about. Yeah.
13: And it was just like I, I think it'll appeal to somebody that likes to be dropped into a scenario that mm-hmm. what, likes fists and stuff, but there's no like a lot of plot around it. So I I, I found I that figured lacking. that
8: that's what they were doing
5: with It
13: was like movie. uh the the Spider-Man one. What did they do uh What was it called? The high octane Spider-Man or
8: I can't remember the name of it, but it was when, but it was more like what nonstop they tried to, Spider-Man. That's yeah, what it was but called. But they tried to do that with like event. Remember when Mighty Avengers when they started that book, and is kind of like, what if I did a book that was just full of action in in the beginning?
13: Yeah, that's what this one is. So this and one is, yeah. and it it read like a one shot, which was very weird. Like mm-hmm. it throws it you does. into an adventure. You see all this, and then there's not a lot of characterization, and then you're done. They right. solve the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that. And formula. I wonder
8: if they're doing that because of the off of people of, of people that are you know. Yeah, like, when we'll go. We'll be go be the com-
13: to the we'll go to the complete opposite of
5: what yeah, the event- other yeah.
13: Avengers book is, yeah. and see if it works. Well, I guess they must have had some success with nonstop Spider-Man and Savage they Spider-Man did.
5: They because that's did.
13: they brought joe kelly in to mm-hmm. kind of make spider-man an adrenaline rush yeah. but i'd much rather read amazing like i'd much rather read that oh
8: we'll, we'll see what happens.
13: yeah all right well this has been an episode of dc slash marvel <laughs> noise yes and actually short because we, we would probably go longer but really it's longer. it's our than, shortest show yeah we're we'll probably of outlast uh Steven Cruz coverage of 400, all the 400 issue comics. Probably. But Probably. Saying, they say, God, these won't. guys are hogging our show. They asked for it.
8: And they we're, won't stop talking.
13: We're, we're tangent they, people.
8: And I I'm still going to cut up.
13: off the the first part of this show where we talked for about 30 minutes about dogs. So, <laughs> 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 Yeah. All right, Daryl. All
10: right. I'll let you Brother. get to your
13: nap. Your old man nap.
8: I've been cleaning. Listen, I've been a housewife all day. I've been cutting uh, vegetables and stuff to freeze them and putting things in. So, you have some for the week? Well, just so I could, you keep them you keep them from going bad. Like, I cut up all the celery so I could use it later for soups and stuff. And I cut up the green onions so I could use it, you know, and then I could just use what I would need when I need it in there. And they won't go bad and stuff. I cut up fruit for the week, so I could just take it for lunch. You know, I yep. could take fruit and stuff. So I was doing all that today,
5: oh, while, my, okay. while
8: while uh, Davey just been staring at me, thinking, "You got to give me something?" Like he always does when I'm at the counter. Right? Like, you doing that for me, right? You you cut that up to give it to me. And then he and I don't do it. And then he lays down, and then he goes to sleep. He should be napping now. He didn't even come upstairs. He's still downstairs. I think he's taking his napping right now.
13: <laughs> he's got it right. Yeah. That's what Sundays are for. Yeah,
8: he's Naps. got that. Yeah. Then he'll be waking me. Then he'll be jumping out of his sleep to be like, let's go outside now. We're walking. Yeah. Walk me.
13: All right. Well, have a good one, Steve, and thanks for having us. Uh, yes, Dave. Yeah. Take care of yourself, and uh, here's to another 400. Yes. Yeah. All right. Take care. See you, Daryl.
8: All right. All right. Bye
2: okay out there in Marveland. face front this is stan lee speaking you've probably never heard a record like this before because no one would be nutty enough to make one with a bunch of offbeat artists so anything is liable to happen hey who made you a disc jockey lee well well jolly jack kirby say a few words to the fans Jackson. okay a
0: few words
2: look pal i'll take care of the humor around here you you've been using the same gags over and over for years well you can't accuse me of being fickle can you by the way jack The readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again.
0: What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time, I'll draw her bald-headed.
2: Boy, I'm glad we caught you when you were in a good mood.
12: Oh, Stan, do you have a few minutes?
2: For our fabulous gal Friday? Sure. Say hello to the fans, Flo Steinberg.
12: Hello, fans. It's very nice to meet you. As Marvel's corresponding secretary, I feel as though I know most of you from your letters. By the way, Saul Brodsky wants to say a few words.
2: Saul Brodsky? Who's he?
12: Stan, the fans know you have a bad memory by all the mistakes you make, but this is ridiculous. He's been your associate for years. Really?
2: We ought to start paying him one of these days. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. And how come I don't get my name plastered all over the mags like you do? Because I can't spell it. That's why. Well, as long as you've got a good reason. Hey, what's all that commotion out there, So? Why, it's shy Steve Ditko. He heard you're making a record, and he's got Mike fright. Whoops, there he goes. Out the window again? You know, I'm beginning to think he is Spider-Man. You mean he isn't? Who said that? Just that lovable old letter of me.
12: It's adorable, Artie Simic. What brought you here?
2: The subway. Oh, well, ask a bonehead question, Flo.
12: Stan, Sam Rosen is on the phone.
2: How are the letterer? My competitor? Just for fun, Artie. You talk to him. Hi, Sam. This is Artie. How's it going, pal? Just great, Artie. I sure admire your lettering. I admire yours, too, Sam. I think you're tops. Thanks. Well, nice talking to you. The pleasure was all mine. I never could stand that guy. Well, that's our Artie. Just imagine what Sam is saying about him now. Well, let's see who else we can get on this record. How about Chick Stone? Okay. Hi, Chick. How's Tricks? Fine, Stan. I'm reading the latest story. It's great. What a thriller. Now, that's what we like to hear, Chick. Which one of our comics is it? Who's reading a comic? This is a novel about James Bond. I can't wait to finish it. Well, yeah, we're gonna miss Chick around here.
12: Oh, look who just came in. Kid Devil himself. Wally Wood.
2: Is that a tape recorder, Flo? You know I'm afraid of talking to talk into these machines. I can never think of anything to say. I'm not a big talker. I shut up like a
9: clam. I get
2: struck dumb, my mind goes okay, blank. I okay, 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 forget it. Boy, I'd hate to hear you when you feel like talking.
12: Stan, Dick Ears is on the phone.
2: Let's surprise him. Hi, Dick. We have a recorder playing, and you're talking to millions of people right now. You some kind of nut or something? I just want to tell you I want a raise. Dick, don't you understand? People are listening. You're talking to the whole world.
0: I always knew you'd crack someday, Lee. Just my luck. It had to happen when I asked you for some more dough. Well, I'm going back to Sergeant Fury. Goodbye.
12: Another phone call for you, Stan.
2: Oh, not anymore. I'm getting an earache.
12: But it's Don Heck.
2: The idol of the Iron Man fans? The ace of the Avengers? Hi, Don. What's doing? Uh, Stan, I was just wondering, uh, wasn't I supposed to draw Iron Man last week? Sure. Why do you ask? So how come you mailed me a Patsy Walker script? Yike! Did I do that? That's awful. Oh, well, don't worry. I'll send it back to you. That's not why I'm worried. I must have sent your script to Al Hartley. I can just imagine Iron Man looking like Patsy Walker this issue. Okay, talk to you later, Don. Don't worry about it, Stan. Don't you remember that Al Hartley used to draw adventure strips? It may not be too bad. Well, well, look who's here, Stan G., our demon colorer. I've been meaning to talk to you, Stan. When are you going to remember it's the Hulk who has green skin, not Captain America? Gee whiz, a guy can't remember everything. Anyway, I had to tell you what M M M S meant last week, and you're the guy who made it up. But when I forget something, it's different. Yeah, it's worse.
12: Stan, this is the most confused record I ever heard.
2: Great, Sol. Just what we want. If it were anything else, it wouldn't be the nutty Marvel bullpen.
12: Gosh, we don't have time for George Bell and Vince Colletter and Larry Lieber and Bob Powell and... That's
2: great. Now, if we ever form another club, we'll have something new to offer. Voices that haven't been heard yet. Enough said, Sol. Now, let's all get back to work in the bullpen. And as for you, marvelous, merry marchers, welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Okay, let them hear it, gang.